First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvoita, and welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, the Two Beers Podcast, the pod of the everyman. I'm Jordan, here with my boy Drew. Drew, how you doing tonight? Good, man. Day after 37, feeling a... Happy birthday, sir. Hey, thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Feeling good. Getting my passport ah, passport dusted off, potentially here, hopefully, the next few days. Australia? Australia, baby. We're going. We're going. Um, So, tonight, episode 71, we have uh, our first big guest... We have had many big guests, but our first big, big guest, Dan Canobio of CompuBox. Dan, thanks for being with us tonight. My fellas, Two Beers Podcast, a long time coming. Uh, I feel like we've interacted all the time when I was doing those post-fight lives. and Late night with Twitter. <laughs> late night with this. Yeah. It does have a, feel like a late night vibe right now. I got my drink. It's past 9.30. I'm an old man now, but... <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, you guys do a great job, and um, you know we're doing a little bit of business together. Uh, you know, love you know being able to illuminate this show on mine and and help out any way I can. And uh, I think we did that with our last show with Ryan Garcia, which I know we'll get to. But thank you very much for having me. Yeah, uh, you know, thanks for the partnership. Um, you know, great interview with Ryan. Uh, wish him the best. Uh, looking forward to you know his next fight and many more after. Um, and you know everything that blew up blew up with tmz and and everything congrats on that too dan thank you very much um you know it's weird because it's like yeah that's good and that's why you do these shows is to get you know recognition from your in the industry or your peers you know but it's a little different when it comes with the storyline that it did come with you know obviously ryan garcia is in a much better place than he was a year ago uh when he was going through uh mental health issues when he pulled out of the javier fortuna fight <clears throat> when he, um, you know, broke his hand and could not fight Jojo Diaz, and there weren't a lot of details on what exactly was bothering him. I didn't really like some of the things that were being said about him. I understand fans are going to say, you know, this, that, and the other, but there were some media members that, you know, didn't really understand mental health, didn't really understand what the kid was going through. And I think with this interview, you really got an understanding of what it's like to be 23, uh, millionaire. Uh, good looks in a sport that's extremely up and down could be very lonely at times so yeah there's no no teammates out there there's no teammates it's no teammates just you and it's it's and when you're 23 and rich man there's you don't have a lot of peers you know it's it's got it's everyone wants the fame and the money but it's got to be tough too so um you know hats off to him hope he Hope he, like I said, continues on his career path. But yeah, looks like he's got a fresh start. New trainer, fight coming up that. here. I think it's April or uh, did they April lock 9th. in the date? April ninth on the zone. He's facing Emmanuel to go, who fringe top ten guy. You know, maybe on the outskirts of the top ten, but you know, a few years ago was top ten. There was a, uh, I think there was a lot of calling for him to fight Garcia in twenty twenty before COVID hit. Uh, you know, to go is sponsor is sponsored, but he is uh, promoted by Lou DiBella. Uh, some Ghana. I think he'll give Ryan Garcia rounds, um, which he needs okay. very much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we want to. He told me in the interview that he wants to fight three times this year. So I mean, there's only no, what, nine more months after after this one. So he's gonna have to get busy. He's definitely not gonna be fighting George Camposos next. That's for sure. We think <laughs> no, that's gonna be no. Lomachenko. But I think you yes. know, 
Ryan Garcia could could you know fight to go win, and then you know maybe fight a rekindle a JoJo Diaz fight or maybe Pitbull Diaz uh, is Pitbull Diaz is is yeah. ready or Pitbull Cruz excuse me Cruz yeah Pitbull Isaac Cruz, Cruz yeah. um who I think is now going to be fighting I just saw Gamboa. Which is uh, oh okay. I don't know if that's. I feel like that's not a like a lateral move from from uh, Tank, but whatever. But yeah, Ryan Garcia. We want him to do well. We want him. We want all these young fighters to to reach their potential because I think boxing fans, unlike any other sport, like we root for the sport as a whole. In addition to the fighters that we like, but boxing fans are very prideful. They want to. You know, this is a great sport. So let, let's get it back to the '80s and '90s. And and I think guys like Ryan Garcia, Tank. Uh, Tiafimo, um, you know, Devin Haney, those guys can carry the sport for us. Yeah, yeah, ag- agreed. Um, okay, so b- we're going to have some questions for you. Before we get into the questions, let's do our two Bruce salute as, as we are famous for, Dan. Yes. Assume positions, everyone. Three, two, one. What? what um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan, I got some go vodka. ahead and tell everyone. Yeah, I was gonna, you got vodka. Uh, I have a uh, what kind of vodka? Well, let's... I'm drinking Tito's and Tito's. with a sparkling raspberry lime water from Trader Joe's. Oh damn! Look at you, fancy, <laughs> fancy. Um, Lawson's finest liquid, Hopzilla. Uh, I've been drinking this all week. I was saving, trying to save it for the pod, but damn, it's too good. Drew, what are you drinking? Uh, I've gone back to Old Faithful. I've uh, I found my stock of uh, El Segundo, Steve Austin, Broken Skulls. So oh. I've got about thirty-five left now. So oh man, three six start kick- three sixteen. Don't trust anybody. That's crush right. Them, crush all thirty-five tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. Forget I don't, your job. Forget your career. Let's get. <laughs> I say I'm, I think Steve I'm single-handedly uh, yeah. responsible for these uh, being in New Jersey because I basically bought Joe Canals out of them like the first week they came in, and I think they were like, "Oh man, these are like really popular. Let's like, keep ordering more and more." And it was just me yeah. buying them because I was like, "Ah, oh, they're never gonna, <laughs> they're never gonna be here again." It's probably like a once in a you know blue moon order, and so I just have stacks of them in my garage. Yeah, nice, That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, Dan, so um, first question that I wanted to ask you was: I, I listened to the uh, interview you did with your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, great job with that too that was amazing stuff i highly recommend everyone go listen to it but um basically CompuBox was started 37 years ago yeah. dan's today, dad actually. what today oh that's yeah. great today's wow. the birthday happy birthday CompuBox. <laughs> older um, than me legends yeah. legends are born in february <laughs> damn right but happy basically uh um dan's dad uh what was it they had like uh this machine that was used for tennis and your dad was like we could use this for boxing stats yeah and you know basically proved that it could be done and the head of hbo sports was like yep you guys are going to the next fight and it was like okay Um, yeah it's like a it's like a right place right time like my dad uh in the 80s was kind of like a behind the scenes guy kind of like a researcher it was doing work for sports illustrated and he had his job at this place called sports information database which was kind of like a twitter before twitter it was like a place where you can like call up uh if you're a media company and you need stats or you know they went to fights or they went to uh baseball games or they it's almost like Like an elias or something elias yeah like kind of like that like they didn't really know what they were they didn't really have a (laughs) like a, a real good plan like they ended up going out of business uh but while my dad was there he had a friend named logan hobson and you know they were just sitting around one day and they had this thing called tennis stat and basically what that did was like you categorize you know uh 
I don't really know much about tennis. Backhands and like Backhands, aces, blah, 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 blah. And my dad loved boxing, and he's like, well, how can we get into the, into boxing? Because in 1985, boxing was everything. Boxing was yeah, right. like right. one of the top sports in, in, in the world, especially in here in, in this country. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, he just came up with an idea. Uh, like Some guy in the softball team actually wrote the program. And wow. they didn't have the program written before they even went to HBO. They went to HBO first because he knew Ross Greenberg, who – Obviously went on to become the president of HBO Sports, but at that time was just a producer. Okay. And he, my dad knew him from other work, got a meeting, went in there, pitched it, and Ross was like an innovator. Ross is the guy who's responsible for Harold Letterman, putting uh, microphones in the corner, uh, did a bunch of things, like took risks and was into like innovating the boxing broadcast. And at that time, obviously, HBO didn't have any commercials. So they had to like fill stuff in between yeah. rounds. They couldn't just go to a commercial. So they needed stats. They needed to hear from Harold. They needed, you know, the corner sound. So that, graphics. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, you're, we'll, we'll buy it. We're, we're in. And my dad and his partner were like, what? And uh, <laughs> they sent them on That's this awesome. day, February 16th, um, to Reno, Nevada for Livingston Bramble versus Ray Mancini 2. And I posted a video of it on my Twitter. It's mm -hmm. hilarious. The, um, Larry Merchant called it a, a gizmo yeah. uh, or a computer toy. And, a computer uh, toy. I saw computer that. Computer yeah. toy. And um, Barry Tompkins called it like a, a toy, something we're experimenting with. And yeah. that's how it was in the early days. Like, you know, Larry Merchant did not like it. A lot of the old school guys didn't really understand computers at the time. They didn't, they thought like, like robots now. Like they thought we were gonna, the, the computer was going to like take over their job or something. And it took a couple of years, uh, but obviously, you know, Larry Merchant, I know him my whole life, and, and he and my dad uh, were very close because he realized that it was a good tool. You know, it really helps, you know, dictate a fight or help you as a companion. Mm -hmm. It never was intended to score a fight. It was never intended to be the end-all, be-all. It was simply something you would look at, you know, either during the fight or after to kind of be like, oh, yeah, like, I guess that round maybe could have went to this guy instead of the other. The, the best was when we went to uh, the Lomachenko fight and we were reading the CompuBox stats on the way home. <laughs> and I was like, Drew, how many how many jabs do you think Comey landed? He's like, I don't know, seven? And I was like, he wishes five. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, – Lomachenko's weird because, like, he came after us pretty hard last year. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It, and that was, like, our first <laughs> – that was, like, our first episode. And that that actually is going to lead to another question down the line. But I remember because okay. he was questioning, like, your like your stats and everything. Not the first and, person to do that. Not the first yeah. fighter to do that. It's always the fighter that loses has a lot yeah. to say. Like, Paulie Malignaggi was notorious for this. Like, oh. he always had it out for us because, you know, he was always in life-or-death fights. Like, he, he was not a guy that, you know, would, you know, fill up a stat sheet. Like, uh -huh. He's he was outlanded a lot, but and then won because he was a good boxer, or you know he would use the stats for uh, to get uh, rematches. He would use the the stats when he didn't agree with them. But you know, that thing with Lomachenko was like kind of went too far. Like I thought a little bit, but I have no no hard feelings against him. I mean. I don't take any of it personally because you know this is. Like was he saying you guys were being corrupt or something? I've heard that one a lot too. Which is but, <laughs> I think it was uh, it was more that just a lot of his you know, a lot of Tia's punches were just hitting his arms and his guard and you know yeah, he thought they like, were he they said just his weren't, dad, they weren't being counted yet, right? He said his daddy um counted himself. Right. And what his dad found was um a twenty punch difference. And I was like, Well, <laughs> that's actually pretty damn good because you're not a punch counter and 
a twenty punch difference over twelve rounds. It's like right, one it's and a half less punches than, per yeah, round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we talk I, about that all the time too. It's like yeah, it's like he outlanded him by twenty three, but that's less than two punches around. Thank yeah. you so much because that's something that uh, a lot of broadcasters, f- you know, fail to realize too. They look at the stats and like, wow, twenty punch difference. I'm like, that's nothing. Like a yeah. like a hundred punch difference is yeah is something that you should note, but. Yeah, the thing with, with Lomachenko, that's all water under the bridge. You know, that's no, no that's big good. deal. But uh, I, I hey. respect him a lot, and I think he's a, a great fighter, and, uh, you know, we'll be seeing a lot of him this year. So that kind of leads to our first question here. Um, so how did you personally get into the business of CompuBox and end up as a – what do you call it, an analyst, a punch counter? like a, Operator. Operator. Okay, so how did you kind of – land into that and you you still actively do that now right yeah absolutely so obviously it's a family business uh you know i've been going to fights since i came out of the womb and, how did uh, how did it start was he like dan go pl- you're running you're running the extension cords tonight like how, how did you get into that? actually it was kind of like that like my older brother nick is the vice president of copybox and he's uh five years older than me so he got into it at a really early age the first fight he ever worked live when well, he was 20 years old so obviously you want to be like your older brother but i also like also wanted to like do my own thing um you know i've talked about this before like when you have someone like uh, you know super you know that was very successful and you know you kind of want to like go your own lane a little bit you kind of want to prove yourself so i love baseball so um i went that avenue like i did an internship at mlb network uh i thought that was going to be my thing i thought i was going to work at mlb network forever but you know things happen so uh you know i didn't end up working at mlb network and I was out of college and I needed money. <laughs> the same yeah. reason anyone uh, works a, a job. And I was like, hmm, I love boxing. So uh, he put me through the ringer. Right? He didn't just say, hey, all right, you, you're, you're in. Like, I, it, The training process is really, really tough. It's like we have like, a few DVDs. Well, I'm kind of dating myself. But we have like a <laughs> bunch of fights, all different types of fights, like fights where guys fight from in close, guys would fight from like, with like a pawing jab, and you have to figure out is that a jab or is he just like putting his arm out? You know, fights with there's a ton of punches mm-hmm. thrown, fights where there's a lot of dirty boxing, and it took me like almost a year before my dad felt comfortable with putting me on, on a fight. So wow, you know, it took a pro- It's a very tough process. Like I, I've trained guys before, and you know, it's overwhelming because it's so much. It's fights happen quick. Like these punches, these combinations mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. lightning fast, and you have to not look down at your keypad when you're doing it because if you look down, you you're gonna miss the third punch of the combination and then your percentage is going to be insanely off so mm-hmm. it's tough it's a really tough gig um there's not many people that do it um but yeah i've been doing it since 2014 which is crazy i can't believe that and uh you know it's a tough tough gig and it's not for everyone but uh it is it is grueling it's, a, it's no no praise and uh all criticism right yeah. <laughs> no, oh, no, criticism. no one praises you when know. you get it all right us? Who praises? I don't know. I would love to find someone that praises. No, yeah. There are there are people in the industry like it. That's that's what always like at first, like the criticism would get to my dad and it would get to me, especially in the social media era where people can just say whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it would get it would be annoying at times. But I know how much the networks like it. I know how much the broadcasters like it. I know how much and I think I've done a decent job over the last couple of years of kind of like showing you that it's more than just punches landed and punches thrown. Like, you know, yeah. we can figure out, we can build narratives here. We can figure out how I think a fight's going to play out or gambling. Uh, you know, I can, I can kind of see some trends and, you know, kind of like peel it back a little bit more and, and show you that, you know, this is a good tool. Yeah. Well, Dan, we, yeah. you know, we're the part of the everyman. And that's, you know, as, as we've gotten to know you some, we've told you that, 
you know, our, our whole thesis of this podcast is just that, hey, we're we're normal people. We're watching it just the same as the experts. And you treat everyone that way on social media. So, you know, even with the criticism, you know, that's that's kind of why we reached out to you and want to support your show to begin with. So, yeah, um, well, you, you do a good job of that. We, we love it when we're when we're recapping the fights. It, you know, the bigger issue is that it's the judges. There's no consistency, I always think, because. You never know what those guys are going to reward because you guys can get the punch stats exactly right. But, you know, if there's a judge who just likes a fighter that was aggressive and moving forward, but, you know, didn't land a lot, then he might score around for that fighter. It's, you know, you guys got the punch stats right, but that judge's preference just kind of comes into sway. So, you know, I always <laughs> I like looking at the punch stats after, yeah. you know, after we go and look at the rounds when we talk about the fight. Well, first so. of all, I want to say thank you for, for that compliment. I do try to be as kind as possible. It's tough in this boxing uh, Twitter world. There's just some ruthless people out there. I'm learning that from the Ryan Garcia interview. Never, <laughs> never muted more people in my life. I'm not a big block. Blocker. I blocked a few. I've never. I don't like to mute or block people, but some people just deserve it. But yeah, you're right. Um, I think what's great about Compubox is how we kind of expose some of the judging. I think there's not a lot of things that can bring boxing fans together, but a bad scorecard can do that. Like a bad uh, Adelaide <laughs> a lot, Bird, a lot of 118, 110s. <laughs> right, Adelaide Bird, 118, 110. I think everyone can agree that she sucks. And if you look at our our stats, like. And a lot of times we expose these corrupt judges. I know for a fact, like the uh, guy Bob Bennett, the uh, Vegas, um, the head of the Vegas Commission, he's he's about to retire. He does not like us at all. Like he made it very <laughs> very clear, and we we're like, oh, I wonder why you don't like us, Bob. Uh, is, is, is it because you know your shitty judges are getting uh, exposed? Because you know our stats are will tell you that this fight is not one eighteen one ten. So right, I think yeah. a lot of fans need to realize that too. Is is you know, the numbers don't dictate who wins or loses. The judges don't see them. It doesn't have yeah. any bearing in the in the result. Yeah. Well, Vegas has enough problems. They can't even get their instant replay right. So they don't need to worry about you guys. The most simplest aspect that every single sport has. Uh, boxing has it in like some states, doesn't have it in other states. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, another question, basically piggybacking on some of your answer there was, like these, I guess, I don't know if you would say machine or keyboard or, or whatever. Like, what do you have in front of you? And you kind of answered it. Like, your, your eyes are on the fight 100%. And you just, you know where the keys are to, like, click, like, jab or power, you know, power punch or, or whatever. Um, and on top of that, you, you touched on it too. Like, a pawing jab versus just kind of reaching out and feeling like, like, if someone throws throws a punch and they hit the guard, like does that? This is just maybe just us being dumb. Like does that count as landing? No, no, no. no, it doesn't. It's got to be a clean scoring punch. Okay, it's you know, got to be a clean scoring. Okay, right. It's got to be a common misconception. I get this all the time. It's like yeah. you guys count everything, and like no, we don't. Like it's got to land in the scoring area, whether it's on the body, uh, whether it's you know to the head. Uh, if it hits okay. the glove, it's not. No, it's not a clean landed punch. I mean, it does still affect the the. the I will admit that it does still you know those accumulate. I mean, fighters will tell me this all the time. It's like an elusive guy like Shakur Stevenson. You're not. Gonna, you're never gonna land flush on him. You're gonna right. like aim for the shoulder, aim for his chest, and you might eventually get to his chin. Uh, they do does factor into the the fight. You know, it might wear a guy down, but they're not. You know, that's not exactly what the judges look for too. Um, the judges look for clean. They're supposed to at least look for clean. Uh, you know, scoring blows, and that's same thing we look for too. In in punches landed. Okay. 
Um, and then like the 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 mechanics of it, like like it's a keyboard. Is that how it is? Or yeah, it's like a keypad. Like I have it out right here. It's like a um, it's separate. To, you plug it into the to the side of the computer. Um, it's almost like the size of like a little bit bigger than like a cell phone. Um, okay. And it's got you know six keys on it. It's jab, connect, jab, miss, power, connect, power, miss, and then um, body shots. We have jab uh, to the body and then uh, power to the body. You don't we don't count power, miss. And uh, that's really it. Six buttons. It's not. It's pretty simple. It's been the same thing since 1985 in terms wow. of in terms of that. Because I, I don't think like boxing's not really that. You know, it's a simple sport. You know, it's jab yeah. and, and a power shot. That's really <laughs> yeah. what it is. So since day one, my dad always said like we want to keep it simple because you know really it, there's not any other real you know things you can do in boxing. It's 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 just two two hands going at it. But since then we've done other things you know uh you know whether it's sabermetrics or analytics or uh our CompuTrack program which like you know tracks the fighters in the ring like where where are they spending most of their time in the ring close mm-hmm. range distance you know we can keep track of like how much they travel inside the ring which is kind of cool so oh wow like that. that's neat yeah it is neat not every network uses it because it's an extra it's an extra fee okay um fox uses it and they don't really use it enough they don't really uh they don't really use it too much. We got some yeah, that, news here, guys. That would be cool, like Loma versus like Ryan Garcia, like a stationary fighter versus someone who moves and pivots and all that. Yeah. that was, did you, did you say cool. we have big news, Dan? Yeah, we got some breaking news according oh, to God. Twitter. Oh, oh. Castanio, Brian Castanio suffered a biceps injury, and he's going to be out of the Jermel Charlo. Oh, <sighs> no. This is why we don't deserve. Ugh, boxing fans can't have. I nice literally things. just made. I'm re- releasing it tomorrow. My show, my top ten, uh, ranking the best fights for the on the remaining <laughs> schedule. <laughs> this is what happens with boxing. It's like every yeah. day there's new news. It's, but um, do, according you, to that the guy, Deuce, do you know who this guy is? By Deuce Ranger Rollins. I don't. I, don't I mean, know he's a guy. big. He's know, a big boxing name. Yeah. He. F I've boxing. heard everything that he could be a PBC uh, employee to just like a random guy in his basement. Just a random <laughs> fan. <laughs> yeah. He just tweeted F uh, boxing. Oh god. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That that was that was our like sleeper fight of 2021. This the, sucks you know, because that's uh, a that's a big suck. blow because March is kind of light. Like April's really really good. March. This was like the crown jewel of March. The mm, untimely yeah. delay could severely impact plans to move forward with undisputed championship. That's what uh, Jack, Jake Donovan just said. But Cobb just said it could be a three-week delay, or three weeks he's out, and then you have to ramp back up. Ramp back up. Yeah, the they'll, they'll probably they'll probably fight in June, at the earliest. I also uh. heard some things about Castano. Um, I, I don't know how how much this is even true, but I heard that he like ballooned up to like 200 pounds. Oh jeez! <laughs> like uh, pull a Duran, like got really like you know he, he gets big, he, like depressed or something or no no he just was just, just, just partying start eating he just, just partying oh the opposite probably depressed. made the most not partying but just enjoying his life like made the yeah. most made the probably his highest payday when he fought uh, he uh, he, he pulled a me around two thousand seven in college <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got a freshman fifteen <laughs> I heard that no I just heard some guys do this some guys blow up in between fights I mean it happens it's been happening forever like you know Keith Thurman does yeah you know, they say do Spence it. does that a lot too Spence does it and and they spend the whole camp trying to get in shape but I'm not saying that he's not hurt but you know I I heard some things that you know he they were delaying this fight as much as they could because he was close to like 200 pounds and oh. he had to get down to 154. So that wouldn't shock me, but you never know. You never know. Uh, obviously he's probably injured, but yeah. Yeah, like I said, a lot of conspiracies in this sport. Ugh. Love it. Dang. Love it. Um, well, speaking of the sport, it's funny. Cause since that is an undisputed uh, title fight, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we, uh, a lot of our, our buddies and, you know, listeners we have kind of are always like, ah, boxing's dead or, you know, why do you guys talk about boxing? Like, hasn't that been done since 2010? We're like, nah, man, like, boxing, boxing's great now. It's healthy. We've got a lot of young guys, like, you know, the sport, you know, Tyson, I mean, Tyson Fury, you know, it's mainstream. Like, it's really, it's picking up again. So now's really the great time to watch it, especially when there's so many fights that, you know, they're giving away for free these days. Um, you know, it's interesting before like, boxing fans, I think, started to fizzle out when everybody started, you know, protecting the zero, you know, fighters were avoiding each other. It was, ah, well, we're not going to lose because if we lose, we're done. What do you think's kind of changed over the last, to me, it seems like, you know, four, four-ish years where a lot of guys are kind of like, ah, we're not really worried about the zero. You know, we want to unify divisions. We want to, you know, undisputed. I feel like you didn't really start hearing about undisputed until like 2016, 2017, where guys in the four belt hour were really going there. Like, what do you, what do you think's changed fundamentally with some of the fighters that uh, is leading to a lot of these unification fights? Um, that's a good question, man. It's a lot of things. Like, boxing is it, things like trickle down. You know, like a few years ago, I th- you know, I think it was 2015, it was an awesome year for boxing, and then 2016 was not. And then 2017, I thought, was phenomenal. And then 2018, you know, zone came into the, into the scene. Matchroom USA came into the scene, and they threw a lot of money at fighters, and they really messed up the market. And it was just one more network involved. It was one more platform. And I, I love zone. I think it's one of the best... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, best value you can get yeah. for, mm-hmm. for fight fans, but I mean, th- they had to make a splash. You know, they had to throw a lot of money at, at a Devin Haney, Mikey Garcia. Uh, you know, a lot of fighters made insane amount of money, but that's good for them. I, I'm never knock a fighter for making top dollar, but you can't deny that it, it really kind of messed up the market. And for for a couple of years, you know, the sport kind of suffered a little bit. And not only that, it was just like, all right, it, you know, ESPN, top rank fighters only fight on ESPN. PBC mm-hmm. fighters only fight on Fox or, or, or Showtime. Now, matchroom fighters only fight on, on the zone. So essentially, there was like de facto leagues. And mm-hmm. that's not good. But eventually, right. I, I said this from right, you know, as I was doing my show at the time, I was like, okay, we have three or four de facto leagues right now. And yeah, we'll get some good fights in house, but eventually they're going to run out of options in house. And they're going to eventually have to reach out and go across make joint promotions and that's what kind of unifications are because a lot of these promotions are are in bed with different uh organizations like the top rank has an amazing uh relationship with the wbo it's just like pretty much how lomachenko is getting this fight uh with with uh cambosos because he's a wbo mandatory so so much of that going on in the sport but i think it it was going to take a few years for it to thaw out from 2018 to, to now and i think last year was a big big year in terms of unifications undisputed fights a lot yeah. of times it's luck too like someone like last year was so fun it was well, last year we, was we one were of the best years for boxing in a long time <laughs> i did my my year-end show and i was just hammering it home because boxing fans are programmed to you know think the worst right boxing fans yeah. are programmed to think this sport sucks but it really doesn't i mean if you really take a look at it the sport has hasn't had more young talent in it since i would say maybe the 90s that's what and we said too yeah yeah, so many unification bouts last year. So many undisputed bouts. A lot of it's luck too, because it was take- COVID. There was that backlog of fights from COVID, and then that they too. were just they just started all making you know coming out of COVID. It was like all right, fight, fight, fight. It, it's like every, it was like every week there was a good fight. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, also, I, I think social media plays a big part too. Um, you know, a lot of these you know fans are dictate the, the what fights they want to see. Fans, you know, the fans they'll, they'll announce a fight and then you know, fans will just trash it. We're not we're not ordering it. We're not watching it. You know, there's a lot of pressure now on the promoters. There's a lot of pressure on the networks to make the best possible fights. There's so much 
competition out there for for entertainment you know other sports uh you know just concerts you name it netflix just anything out there so you can't just put on crap anymore you have to put on really good fights i mean and if you just take a look at the upcoming schedule like also there's luck involved too like top rank just so happens to have shakur stevenson and oscar valdez under their umbrella so we always knew they were one day going to fight and that that works out but you know like a um you want to talk about uh Alexander Usyk versus Joshua. I, I know Usyk is kind of with Matchroom now, but not not always. Not really, yeah. I, I mean, that's like a that's like a, somewhere where a deal had to be made. And you know, to to answer your question, a lot of it went in. It's like slow developing, but I think last year was a major breakthrough. I think the first half of this year is pretty solid, and then uh, we'll see how it you know how the second half goes. But mm-hmm. I think obviously the Castano Charlo news is, is a bummer, but hopefully yeah. they fight in June. Yeah, and I mean, with the exception of maybe one or two weight classes, it seems like every weight class has at least three or four guys that are like legit contenders, exciting fighters, guys you want to see in the ring, you know, guys that are worth, you know, Saturday night, you know, forget, you know, post-COVID, not really going out to the movies, but, you know, instead of date night, you're uh, you're telling your lady for a day, it's boxing <laughs> night, we're, uh, we're, sitting, we're sitting in front of the TV watching. I, I tell my wife that every Saturday night. It's I'm boxing like, well, night in America. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, it's, it's ESPN Plus night, so uh, you have to Does figure out Does your wife like do. boxing? No. Oh god. No. 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 She hates See, it. You know what? My, my wife actually likes like a like a big like when I when I bought um oh what was it? I think Fury it was Wilder. when I bought no Mayweather Pacquiao like whatever oh, year right. like years ago my wife was like this is fun why don't we buy every bit well, every I was like, fight's not like yeah. that it's <laughs> yeah, the fight right, of the yeah. century I mean the, yeah. I actually yeah. thought that was a decent fight but like the, everyone watched that fight but right I think Eddie Hearn once told me and I thought this this always stuck out to me is like the reason why boxing is so successful in the uk is because you know he puts like a big emphasis on like telling the stories of the fighter like getting you like you know uh invested in them yeah and i think that's a good way obviously we're gonna watch every fight because we're, we're hardcore boxing fans but like someone like your significant other or your friend like you need a storyline like you have to like give a shit like you have to like yeah. you know that's why i think jake paul has done a great job and i i think that yeah. a lot of fighters can like take a page out of his book is because like he's just constantly creating content or creating a storyline like you care like you're invested in him so you may be more likely to want to watch his fight and i think that you know matchroom and eddie hearn overseas they're able to do that and like maybe now you're like someone's you know your wife or your girlfriend or your friend that doesn't care about boxing like if if they could maybe try to sell these guys because they're all pretty interesting human beings like they let's be real here they're not like any other sport they are psych they're crazy they're crazy people (laughs) and they're interesting and they a lot of times they come from nothing and and now they have you know boatloads of money and and attention it's interesting your wife your girlfriend if you're drew both that's right (laughs) (laughs) you got a wife and a girlfriend nice I say I, I am a sucker for the storylines. If there's like blood, ever since ESPN started doing blood, sweat, and tears, Showtime yes, those does are good. The, How about twenty four seven back in the day? Oh my god, I, these are all DVR. I'm, I'm up to like eighty percent on my DVR because I won't even delete them. <laughs> like people listen to music when they work out. Like I'm, a, I'm throwing on like the blood, sweat, and tears. Like you know, you know freaking uh, Ramirez uh, Taylor and just watching those things. I'll, <laughs> I'll put on the twenty four seven theme song uh, when I'm on the treadmill. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was watching Word uh, Kovalev too twenty four seven the other day. It's like these things. Uh, I wish everybody would just do these uh like these big montages just to yeah get everybody, i'm thinking about doing psyched. um i'm thinking about doing a legendary night uh podcast oh nice with like nice. uh oral history um that'd be you know, cool the ones the ones that they haven't hit on yet uh you know like you know the fan man night or pacquiao marquez uh four when pacquiao got washed like yeah 
yeah. stuff like that. I think it could be there's so much nostalgia. Like nostalgia plays so well in uh, in boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. In, in the world today, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's look at the damn Super Bowl. It was like, yeah, we got, we're all the same age. Like that was that whole Super Bowl experience was for us. Yeah, like the halftime show, the commercial, Austin the commercials, commercial, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Sopranos exactly. Commercial, yeah, cable best. guy. I mean, that, that was like I was in heaven. I was like sensory overload. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was so good. Um, yeah, so another another question. So we always we always talk about the pound for pound list. We do our own. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. every couple couple months we'll update our pound for pound list. But just curious, like who who are just your five favorite boxers to watch right now for whatever reason? Oh, wow. Whether they're just fun, exciting, like who do you? Not necessarily pound for pound, but who? Yeah, are not your, pound for pound. Your... Just who do you like? If they're who if do they're you like on, to watch? like I know you're tuning into all of them, but like you know, yeah. I'm 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 paying for that guy if I have to if if it's on pay per view. I'm, I'm watching. Um, I like obviously Canelo. I love watching Canelo. I love watching Terrence Crawford. Love watching Inaway. Um, Inaway, yeah. I love watching Brian Castaño. I like pressure fighters. Uh, I also have a great appreciation for guys like Jermel Charlo and uh, Tank Davis. Uh, I like Tank Davis inside the ring. I'm not exactly in love with uh, how they're moving him outside, right. but yeah. in terms of just like getting in the ring, like a guy like Tank who throws 30 punches around, which is astronomically low, but you know will give up rounds off of inactivity and then just is so confident that he can knock you out with one punch. That, to me, is exciting, like walking that tightrope. Yeah. Can- Canelo kind of does that, too. Uh, Jamel Charlo does that to a, a lesser extent, doesn't throw a lot of punches, but has a lot of knockouts. I love that. I love pressure fighters like Chocolatito, uh, you know, the, the flyweights, you know, Jesse, Rodri- uh, Jesse Rodriguez now, Bam Rodriguez, Bam Rodriguez. Is a guy that's going to be around for a very long time. And all the lightweights. I like them all. <laughs> I really yeah, I was like say, I know part. you watch them all, so I'm just curious. But, you. We, uh... Ooh, we got if our, one uh, style, it would be like this Canelo style. It's not exactly the most exciting, but it, I think it creates for like drama. You know, yeah. like Canelo in versus Kovalev, that was a a fight where, you know, Canelo was walking a tightrope. You know, he was throwing 30, 40 punches around. He was giving up around. Did the, kind of did the same thing with Saunders uh, to a lesser extent because that one didn't go as long as, as Kovalev. But eventually, like, all right, when's he going to turn it on? And then you're just kind of waiting for that. And I think Tanks is, is the same way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For us, I think we uh, – me, me and you are probably the same, Jordan. Loma obviously is our – you know, if he's on, we're watching him. Um, yeah, we love Loma. Nav- that guy's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Navarrete, we love Nav- that dude. Navarrete. Man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like yeah, he'll we fight, need you to get fight three times catch. in a year. It'd be like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be we, fighting We've six called times. him the Terminator because he just keeps getting hit in the face and yeah. just keeps coming forward. So we yeah. call him El Terminador. We <laughs> need, we need him, it to catch. I want to see him fight um, <laughs> Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how long Navarrete's going to stay at 126. He's been talking about going up to 130 for years, and it's plenty, plenty of good fights at 130 too. Yeah, like, I that's, mean, well, that's what we. I was going to say, yeah, uh, just him versus who did we say the other day, Drew? Him versus Burchelt would be nuts. Yes, I think. Yeah. Or no, was that it? Or who did we? No, say? I no, I had Burchelt Haney at 135. Um, ah, so many fights. If yeah, I can't remember. Was it Shakur? Did we say Shakur? Nah, nah. We paired we paired him with somebody. Well, like, I, I could oh, see was, top rank. I could see top rank make like whoever comes out of this Valdez Shakur fight, which I think it's going to be Stevenson. Yeah, I can see Navarrete. Uh, you know, eventually squaring off with the winner. Maybe not next, but you know, I could see Navarrete going up to 130 and getting like a, a you know trying to you know feel, test the waters at test 30 type of fight yeah. and then get you know Stevenson and that yeah, would he's, be crazy. Yeah, he's just awesome to watch fight. Uh, he's a good yeah, TV we, fighter. Yeah, we're big on him. Better BF's another one of our guys. We just 
He's just a son. Jordan Call says it best. He's just a son of a bitch, man. He'll, he how about is his just last a son fight? of a his, bitch out there. His last fight, when once he saw the blood, he started uh, like yeah, yeah. Going, he, he, started, he upped his volume. So yeah. him and his, his, quarter, his quarter goes. Yeah, you might be down, and then he's like, all right, and then just starts. Oh my god, he's so awesome. So we, uh, we we were one of the early ones that said, why doesn't Canelo go fight him next? And every oh, you guys are idiots on Twitter. Like people were coming at us. Oh, now that's like, like the fight. He's already wants. fought at one seventy five. It's not. It's not. Crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah, and like better, like it's not like better outside of the power. I mean, he's kind of tailor made. Like, Cano- I, I, we think Canelo would win that fight, um, unless again, better Beaver were to catch him. But yeah, it's not like it's that crazy that he's Oof. he's gonna fight him. He, I think he reminds Canelo's me of Holyfield too, the way he just with like elbows and forehead and. Oh, yeah, just, I think Canelo. I think Canelo is going to wait a little bit to fight him. I think his next fight will be probably Bivol. Uh, and then I don't understand why everyone's infatuated with this third glove. Triple G, who cares? Yeah. I really yeah, I know. Less, and I'm I know. usually someone, I'm usually an advocate for like these big blockbuster fights, anything that can get more people to watch. I'm a big fan, but for some reason, I'm just like, all right, that's, I'd rather see like four or five other guys before I see At Canelo. This point, yeah. Maybe five like, years yeah. ago. Yeah. It's Canelo's only fighting. I mean, yes, last, last year he fought four times. I think that was an, a little bit of an aberration. I don't think he's going to do that right. uh, because, you know, got to keep in mind, he was out for almost a year and he had to make up, you know, he had to make, make some money. You know, he, right. he fought four times. Obviously, because he, he wanted to make some history, but he also was out for a while. I think he's going to go back to his two times a year, maybe three, uh, you know, that, that, you know, February fight against like an NV Ilderim type. But, you know, uh, I can see Canelo and Better BF squaring off, especially, oh, we'll, we'll see, because Joe Smith is going to be fighting Better right. BF, a fight that kind of like yeah. kind of fell through the, you know, didn't really gain a lot of traction. And, and um, you know, Aaron pretty much said it's going to happen in June in, in MSG. That is going to be a bloodbath. Ugh. Hopefully it's not the same week as Australia because we'll be there. <laughs> you guys, are you guys really gonna go? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> we're, to Australia or to the to MSG. We're like we're like ten percent serious right no, now. No, I'm like we'll, first of all, I'm like fifty percent serious about <laughs> Australia. So, <laughs> uh, just because it'd be Which, cool to like go there. I wanted to go to the UK for Joshua Fury or Joshua Fury, but I I don't think that'll ever really happen at this point. Um, um, oh, good, yeah. So yeah, a lot has to go right for that. But yeah. yeah and, you, and, yeah. You and Garcia touched on it. The girls in Australia, we we made some random comment about Cambosis, and some like nude Australian model like hit us up on Twitter, and we were like, "Hello, Australia." Yeah, I don't know yeah. where he was going with that, but yeah. Uh... yeah so I, like I said, I'm I'm fifty percent serious. Sure, I'll I'll get you the rest of the way. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, MSG like the uh, I mean, better be of and, and Joe Smith. I think uh, you know I'll definitely. I mean, I'm in I'm right outside Philly, so Jordan's a little further away in Pittsburgh, so I'll I'll definitely be going to that. Um, if yeah. Out, that's so gonna especially if they do it like in july or late june like perfect new york city will be nice and yeah. it'll be wide open and you know weather will be good and you know we can maybe meet up and i i want to start doing some more meetups like you know rent out you know jack doyle's uh, bar which is one of my favorite bars nice. right right next to the garden you know have like a meetup you know have all these fans come in we'll sit at the bar we'll chop it up and uh Love you know it. get a good pregame going hey f- first rounds on us <laughs> two beers Two beers. Um, all right. Well, I know we know you're busy today, so real quick, we got a fun fantasy good, booking good. question. You, two fighters you'd want to see fight any generation. They don't have to be the same time. You know, I know mine. Me personally, for me, it's uh, Lomachenko and, and Prince Nas would be awesome. Or oh, wow. uh, you know, I Andre Ward and, and Roy Jones Jr. Too. Those are those are two fights I'd uh, I'd love to be able to. I, I said to go Canelo back and Roy Jones. Canelo and Roy Jones would have been mine, but um, oh, wait, or, wait. or like oh man, any of those uh. Canelo versus Roy, but wait. 
168. I'd say 168, yeah. Well, I don't think anyone could beat Roy Jones at 168. I, I don't Agreed. think either, yeah. Agreed. That was one of my favorite moments of my life was yeah. rapping with Roy Jones. <laughs> that was awesome. Dude. That was we're, awesome. We're big yeah. Roy Jones fans, and yeah. anytime he does an interview, like he did one with um, uh, the guy everyone hates now, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, like I watched that. I watched, I watched it, that too. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I watched it with him with you. Like he's. I like he's, Joe Rogan when he does those types of interviews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we whatever. I mean, we <laughs> I like like him, don't like him. You know, I, that's everyone's own. Like opinion. Like Rogan, he's a master interviewer. Just no doubt. Yeah, about I mean, that. well, I like the long form because like you don't you no reason to have to boil these things down to snippets that misrepresent people like. Exactly. He'll sit there and talk to someone for three hours to get the whole story, you know. Yeah, so I, I do. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Roy Jones, Ro- I, people forget how just how great and dominant Roy Jones yeah, was. It's, it's crazy. So it's like people when they talk about the Captain best Hope. ever of these guys, like they like people really even bring up Roy Jones. I'm like, what are you? What are we doing? Like, how are we not talking about Roy Jones? Yeah, but you guys rapping together was a vibe. Yeah. I was like, that's right. That was like, honestly must, like uh, I y'all must I have forgot. I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, it was. I think I did that like maybe the. You know, a couple the third or fourth day of the of of January, I was like my year, I, I, I peaked. <laughs> Made the year, yeah. But I've I've been I've getting some good guests, so obviously that was just the beginning. But yeah, Roy, I mean Roy is special, special guy and someone that I've known forever because of his association with HBO. I mean, he was right. probably him and Oscar appeared on HBO more than any other fighter, and then obviously he went into broadcasting, and right. that's when I really got to know him because. You know, just all that time spent as a kid, you know, when my dad would bring me to w- to work with him, you know, I would just sit, you know, with him. I would sit with Roy. I would sit with George Foreman. I would sit with, with uh, you know, Lampley. And it was just something special. And, and Roy was just like, you know, he always had a big crowd around him. And you always knew yeah. you, were, you were in, like, the presence of greatness. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of Lampley and George Foreman, just sorry, Drew, I know I'm cutting you off here, but uh, you, no, when, you, you did that interview with Lampley over the summer, yeah. and um, I'm from Manesson, Pennsylvania, where Michael Moore is from, so mm-hmm. shout out to your dad for bringing him up on all the heavyweight discussions this past week, but yeah. the interview you had with Lampley, where Lampley just said when George For- Foreman told him the night before that he was going to knock him out, right? and Lampley... Didn't know what else to say other than he did it. He did yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. Oh my story. god, that was just. Goosebumps. I just uh, when I was a kid, I was just like, I can't believe because I mean, Teddy Atlas is in the corner saying, "Mike, you gotta do something. Go yeah. get him." And it, Michael Moore just he wasn't he was he didn't have like the he wasn't a dog, you know. He just wanted to show up and and fight and move on. And uh, George Foreman, oh my God, he did it! He did it! Yeah, I love that story. <laughs> oh, he he said, good. Lampley says that's his one of his favorite moments. It's his favorite call. Uh, obviously, he had a very close connection with Foreman because he worked right. with him. And Foreman, you know, left the HBO booth to uh, come back and go on that quest, eventually becoming the oldest heavyweight champion of all time. A record that I do not well, <laughs> do not think it's going to be broken. Right. Um, but yeah, that was something special. Um, you know, George too, George Foreman was a big part of, uh, the HBO family and, and funny story is my, I would be, I think it was like two birthdays in a row. I think I was like eight and nine. My dad was on the road for HBO fight. Like they happened to fall on my birthday weekend. You know, when you're a kid, you want, you know, your birthday's everything. You want your dad right, to be there. You yeah. want your mom to be there. So obviously my dad could be there because he's, <laughs> you know, in this traveling circus yeah. for, for, for mm-hmm. boxing, but I would always get a call, and uh, it would be George Foreman. And he oh, would say, cool. hey, champ, uh, you know, 
your dad tells me that you're doing this, that, and the other, and you know, keep it up, and uh, and I would just be like, oh, all right, thank you, and then like not understand <laughs> like the severity of it until I got older, and I actually saw uh, George when I was working at Bleacher Report. He came in to do some vi- type of video, and I and he remembered it, which was really awesome. something awesome, yeah. something cool. I'm trying to get him on the show, but he is really hard to nail down. Oh man. Him. Oh, All right, man. go ahead, go ahead, Drew. Bring us home. I know you got a couple more, and then we'll yeah. No, I was gonna say go. I think I cut you off, Dad. If you had two, if you fantasy booked, it was two. Oh guys right, you my fantasy fight. Ring. Hmm, that's really hard. Uh, I would say like, uh, since I'm in this, uh, like I, I'm I'm really into the Four Kings uh, for something I'm working on uh, down the road. But like maybe Sugar Ray Leonard versus Terrence Crawford. Oh, I was gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> good good call. <laughs> like what would happen there? Like. Uh, you know, like Crawford has a ton of power. Um, switch, he can switch stances, with, which I think could give Ray a little bit of issues. Ray's and a the dog. The accuracy. The accuracy. Ray's a dog. Could beat anybody. Um, wow. Or oh, like Ray versus Mayweather was always like the big. Yeah, thing. I was thinking but, that too. Yeah. You know, Ray versus any of the current um, right. <laughs> top welterweights, or maybe like um, Hopkins versus um, uh, Hagler. I'm always intrigued by that. Or Tyson versus um, Joe Frazier. Or or Frazier. Or Deontay Wilder versus... Deontay Wilder versus any heavyweight. Just to see how that power would would stand up. I was thinking, in terms of heavyweights, I was thinking like Ali versus like... Um, Lennox or Ali mm, versus obviously yeah. Fury, uh, just to the see like the, the bigger guys, right? Right. The heavyweights now, like so Lennox big. Lewis, even it's Lennox massive. Lewis going back What's to it, it's monster, huge guy, like six foot six. Like I've took a picture next to him in, in Wilder. I look like a, like a tiny person, but yeah, obviously <laughs> yeah. Fury's in like, I think Fury could beat anybody, any of the heavyweights because of his size. Like yeah. humans weren't that big. Like humans were just simply not. Right. You know, six foot nine, two seventy five, and can move like Fury right. can. So Fury, I think he's got the perfect game plan now. Um, you know, he's just gonna do. He's just gonna sit on you or lay on you until you get tired, and then he's gonna, you know, throw one punch hard. I think that's what he's gonna do to Dillian White, and I think Fury is pretty much unbeatable um, as far as he wants to be. I think with him, right. it's always like between the years. Yeah. So. Uh, him versus anyone, Wilder versus anyone, just for, mm-hmm. for the power. Canelo, obviously, put Canelo. I think Canelo's best weight is 160. So I'd like to see Canelo, you know, versus like a Hopkins or Hopkins, that kind of be yeah. a bo- boring fight. But Canelo versus a Hagler, uh, yeah. you know, just guys like that. Like that's like our era, right? You know, like the yeah. modern era of like the 80s are on. Obviously, everyone knows all the heavyweights, but. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Like uh, Dame Lillard, I had him on my show a few weeks ago, and yeah. he, he thinks that Andre Ward can beat Canelo because Andre Ward's one yeah, of the best. Yeah, he said like Stop. come out of the come out of the booth now and like train and go get him. I was like, I didn't know what he was trying to say there. I wasn't trying to like <laughs> yeah. offend him, but I was like, do you mean now or do you mean yeah, like 20 years ago? He's been retired. It's it's crazy how people are like continue to call out uh, call out Ward. It's like. Oh, come out and fight Canelo! It's like, dude, dude's been I retired he for five, already. six years or five I years he now, right? I, obviously, I think that ship is sailed because I think yeah. he's thirty-nine. Uh, he's very content with being a broadcaster and content with how his career went. Like, if he was going to fight Canelo, it, it should have happened like two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen at, at the very, very uh, least. Like now, he'd be he'd be really pushing it. Uh, but you know, yeah. he, he didn't make top dollar. Ward, he he made just enough and. Uh, yeah. But he's Andre doing, Ward he's is well. 37. I just 37. Oh, he's, oh, wow. he's, he's my age. Yeah. He uh, so he's, yeah, he's been retired for four years. He's retired at 33. Yeah, but he, he would. He'll he, be 38 he in a week. 
he couldn't just jump. Oh, okay. But he, he couldn't just jump right in and, yeah, and fight just like, No, no, no. So you would have to like fight two or three fights, and no one wants. No one has like the like right patience wants to anymore. Watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Him, him and Bradley have joked about having an exhibition fight before they turn. <laughs> well, forward. Bradley's that like be, a heavyweight now. Have you seen yeah. him? <laughs> I do. Like, yeah, it's funny when they make jokes because he had to like you know he had like an eighteen pack and now he's like eating the donuts. I so love Tim Bradley. He's, oh, he's my, great. Well, he's probably he's awesome. my top three favorite people in boxing right now like he he, he always comes on the show and he's like the charles barkley of boxing yes i said that yeah. to him and he loved it i said except but you won a championship and he got a kick <laughs> out of that <laughs> he's yeah, um, no, he's great he'll just he doesn't he, like, he doesn't care if they're a no top fake guy or and, espn and, guy he's just and, he's and really i'll honest even about say him. drew what was it probably 2019 and 2020 i said he's probably the best announcer in his sport in all of sports yeah. at one point yeah. yeah, he's um, really good. I mean, he could break. He's he kind of has like a, a little bit of Roy in him, where Roy could would see things within the first yeah. ten seconds of a fight. Mm-hmm. He would see something, yeah, and I Roy call fights too. Like I that. call yeah. fights from time to time for for Broadway boxing and some other things. It's a really hard job. Like being color for for boxing is hard as hell because you know you don't see everything and you usually react to something that happens after. But to mm-hmm. be able to predict something. To be able to see something that comes from being in there, that comes yeah, from sparring, that right. comes from dedicating your entire life. Uh, I love Tim Bradley; he's the best. I honestly, I have to have him back on the show soon because he's like a recurring guest, and I just think, yeah, he's he's big now, and he owns restaurants, and uh, he waits tables, which I think is the most. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> because his wife owns. He so he, he, obviously he made insane amount of money, mostly from that trilogy with Pacquiao. Pacquiao, yeah. So he bought three restaurants and his wife manages them and he was telling me that it's so hard to get help these days as as everyone knows that you know no one's working (laughs) like especially kids and he said someday i asked him like hey can you come on the podcast this week and he said i'm so sorry he's like i'm not lying to you i'm legitimately waiting tables my gosh that's wild and i said what uh, yeah that's insane and he said i'm waiting tables he said i i my wife's you know that we can't get anyone (laughs) and i'm waiting tables i'm bussing tables and I was like, you're not lying, obviously, because if you were going to lie, you'd come up with something better than that. Better than that, right? <laughs> and, yeah, but we joked about it when he came on the last show. Like, Where's the, where's the restaurants? I might drive up on if it's global. <laughs> no, no, it's in Northern California. Ah, Coachella Valley, I think, or, oh. or, or he's, from, he's from the desert. Right. So he's, he's That's right. Storm, oh, Tim Bradley. Yeah, but so. uh, I, love, I love him, man. He's, oh, beautiful. he's the best. Awesome, yeah. Well, we'll bring it home here, Dan, again, because I know you're a busy guy. Um, mm-hmm. Bold prediction. 2022 give us give us something we haven't heard before it's going to happen this year in boxing wow bold prediction um i would say we are going to see canelo hit the canvas and be in a really tough fight and everyone's going to say he's finished everyone's going to say he's declining and uh but he's still going to win he's not going to lose he's going to get knocked down he's going to have like a moment first time in his career we're gonna be like oh my god like is he gonna lose or of course he did lose to to, to floyd but he floyd, was never right, yeah. like he was never knocked down clean fight yeah all right he's gonna get knocked down and he's going there's gonna be a dicey moment for for canelo mm-hmm. and he's gonna maybe he is maybe you know all these fights are have accumulated maybe the lifestyle of mm-hmm. being the man and very comfortable making 50 million a fight uh, could catch up to him. Can catch up to anybody. A little but, Rocky uh, Five action. Just getting comfortable <laughs> in the lifestyle. Rocky Five, the forgotten <laughs> Rocky. It's pulling at my heartstrings. I was an extra in that movie. Were uh, you really? Yeah, because you know, I'm like right outside Philadelphia. So uh, yeah, that's the only movie. Uh, Rocky CompuBox was in that movie. Really? Um, because they oh, were shooting awesome. it. They were shooting it around uh, a fight on HBO, and that's just so funny. My dad, of course, um, went up to uh, Sly. 
and said, hey, we want to make this movie really realistic. You get CompuBox stats in it. And then Sly's like, you know what? You're, you're right. And uh, <laughs> oh, went to awesome. one of the writers, like said something, and then they added it into the script. If you go back and watch when Mason the Lion Dixon is fighting uh, Rocky, Lampley says, oh, my, Mason Dixon connected on 70 of 71 punches. Like, Wait, that's Rocky Oh, this is Balboa. Though. You're talking Balboa, not Rocky, yes. Rocky. 5. Okay. Sorry, Rock, Balboa, no, the worst one. Rocky 5 is the one where he fought uh, – uh, Tommy, Tommy Gunn. Uh, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Gunn I mean, in the uh, streets. Can you, do you understand why I forgot about that one? I must, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, I'm a do. bit of a Rocky savant, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rocky Balboa, the one that Lou, the Bella is in. Yeah, the yep. Look, what, we've, what? we've talked about that a ton on our podcast. Drew knows that whole speech uh, to his son uh, by heart. You They're know, all he, good. But yeah. they're just, uh, yeah. Some yeah. are better than others. Yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, five, five was the five. Five was the studio's fault. So we'll we'll let Sly off the hook. <laughs> did on you guys that. ever see I uh, did the stats on the fights? No, shut up. No. Did you really? Yeah, no. I have to send it to you. It was this was um, this was like the first week of COVID. I was like super bored, and I was Maybe like, I gotta I put. Did s- see that. I was like, I gotta put something out. I gotta get something out. I gotta you know, let's let's boxing was like nothing was going on. Everyone was right. super depressed and super sad i was like i gotta put something out so i went and i watched all the movies and i pulled out the copy box keypad and i <laughs> that's incredible started, started doing it and it was like insane numbers and i was able to get like decent rounds like, there, were, <laughs> there were like uh, a lot of montages and i did like oh, a yeah. write-up i did a write-up and i put it on our website and like max kellerman retweeted it and like bill simmons retweeted it Maybe and i, I, I definitely didn't see that. that's amazing the the power punch stats in the Drago fight would just be yeah, outstanding. I did, like, would just be so recap. outstanding. I did a little recap for everyone, like the Drago one. I remember Drago landed like ninety one of ninety three, like cut. <laughs> That's so funny. I think I did see that. Rocky was basically dead, and then like <laughs> Rocky gets up, and then he lands like thirty two of thirty three, like just absurd. That's so good. Yeah, I uh, I I had tickets for the one night only uh, the recut that they did, uh, did you, around did you here. Go? So yeah, yeah. So I How went was to that? it. It was good. They like he basically was like, "All right, I'm not gonna make this basically an MTV video montage," and he actually like made it more of a story. Um, there's not a lot of new scenes in it. There's maybe I'd say maybe there's four minutes of new footage, four but the minutes. way they recut it was like really good. The ending was like much better. The speech is still there. Um, you know, if you can change it, we can change. But they ended it a little bit better with the music and stuff. So uh, I really enjoy it. I'm a I'm a Rocky fiend savant, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I it was it was really cool. So it was it was well worth the you know the twenty bucks I paid to get it, and then the uh, the ten bucks that I bought the DVD the next or the, <laughs> the the digital copy the next day. So that is well worth it, man. That's yeah, Carl, Carl Weathers or yeah, Carl Weathers got a couple more speaking lines before uh, he met his demise. So that was really cool. Um, Jordan, what about you? You got a bold prediction for 2022? Look, uh, I'm not going to lie. What did I say before the pod? I, I forget what mine was. What did I say? Do you I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even remember. It must have been that remember. boring. I'm having too much fun. I, I, <laughs> what, what's yours? My Tank Davis fights a top contender before the end of the year. Nope. Wait, is this a fantasy or is this a <laughs> It's going to happen. It's going to I don't know if it'll be at 140 or I don't know what it'll be, but he's going to fight. What do you fight. consider like a, like do you have someone like you think he'll fight? Uh, maybe Regis at 140. I would love that. Maybe that I I mean I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Um I this rally, what, the rally. It's so funny. We after the cruise fight, we joked is like so the next fight is probably going to be Rally again, right? And uh, Yeah, June. That yeah, and we're big Tank fans. It's just it's a waste so of time. I. So I'm hoping I, that's the thing, man. Like I'm a big fan of Tank. Like you probably heard this on the Ryan Garcia interview. Like Leonard Ellerby, I don't know what his deal is. He has it out for me or something. Like thinks I'm not a Leonard. Thinks I'm not a Tank fan. Like everyone yeah. I know is a fan of 
his fighting style yes. because it's awesome to watch. The guy knocks everyone out. Yeah. But every fan is, or most fans, realistic fans, are just like tired of of him just not fighting someone yeah. good he's 27 yeah it seems like any anybody that has that opinion they just kind of go after and say oh you know cruise he tight fight with cruise it's like well dude it doesn't it doesn't matter it was a tight fight like he's yeah it's not he should be fighting a top guy like and he can get those like it's not like he can't get those fights you know what i mean I like he can fight, Ryan can fight anybody yeah i don't think it'll be this year but it should be yeah i don't think he'll fight or see it that's yeah. the thing that leonard ellerby got uh really upset with me with and i thought it was hilarious because it's like why are you retweeting me leonard yeah Lurby? you're the freaking ceo of mayweather promotions like why are you <laughs> he so gets, worried he, about my opinion yeah, i said that he, really can, he gets he's got like like i said he's got like uh, rabbit ears, but for, for Twitter, like he'll respond to everyone. But <laughs> I, all I tweeted was, you know, if I'm team tank Davis, this is when, this is when Canelo came out and said that Ryan Garcia is not motivated. So you got a guy in Ryan Garcia who's not motivated, who, you know, you know, maybe has some vulnerabilities defensively, but is a major star and is obviously going to generate the most money of any other opponent out there outside right. of, you know, no, all of them. I, I think that that's it. I, I think that. Oh, hands down. Yeah, I agree. So you have a guy that can generate the most money and a guy that's beatable. Like, why not make this fight now? Like, who knows? Yeah. Ryan Garcia could, could, I don't think he will, but he, he could just say, I'm done with boxing. Like, the guy can get into acting. He can get into anything. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I just happen. simply tweeted that out. Like, you know, you would, you would think that Team Davis would make this fight, you know, sooner rather than later before – uh, you know, Ryan Garcia either gets better or just straight up leaves the sport. And then he responds like, we don't have to do anything. We, we're the, we're the A side, you know, your, your opinion means nothing. I was like, Oh Jesus. Like, yeah. It's not <laughs> what you were saying. Yeah. It's yeah. We'll see after we'll, in reality, we'll probably see, uh, he'll probably fight Colbert. Colbert will probably move up to 135 and fight him. So he'll, he'll I, I, honestly, that would not be like terrible, but it would be right in line with what they've been doing. What it's they're like, doing. Yeah. Kind so. of a threat enough where you tune in. But come on, we want to see him fight Ryan yeah. Garcia. And that's where they get annoying because it's like, listen, you can't. It we're, we're not going to tell anybody how to make their money. Like they're putting, you know, they put their lives on the live out there. But like, you can't do what he does, but then get pissed off when like people don't put him in pound for pound and Thank say you, he's not bro. fighting the you top. Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, you can't have it both ways. That's the, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, listen, yeah. Ma- you're make doing your a great money, thing. but like we're allowed to have an opinion too. Like yeah. exactly, uh, yeah. and it's not that it's not we're not being offensive. We're not like uh, right. you know it's saying, we're saying he's you know, trash and he's yeah, worthless. Not saying he's ugly and his mama's ugly. <laughs> we're saying <laughs> yeah, we're we love just, him. Yeah. We're literally just saying like you can't have both. Like I say, he does his own thing. Like that, that's. It's pretty obvious. I mean, they have their own plan. Not everyone can can do what he does. Sell out arenas, get decent pay per view numbers. With in this current climate, like twenty, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, like you're considered a pay per view fighter now. That that's it is what it is in yeah. the streaming era and in the piracy era. So I mean, not every fighter can do that, and they got something going. They have a good formula going. I'm not going to deny that, and that's great. It makes everyone money. Makes Mayweather promotions money. Makes Tank money. You know, it, maybe you would think that it would trickle down to, and have them sign other fighters. That really hasn't been a thing yet. Pretty much, Mayweather Promotions is Tank Davis. That's another reason why they're not going out right. and risking him risking against. Him. Without his zero, what do they have in, exactly. in their minds? It's it's the Mayweather. Mayweather's got his his fingerprints all over it, and you know you can't knock it. Like you said, you can't knock it. But eventually. He's going to have to fight someone, just like yeah, Jake Paul yeah. eventually is going to. Like, there's only well, so many fights you can watch against him versus that, Romero. Oh wait, did you did you say wait? Did you just say Jake Paul? <laughs> I like Jake Paul. My my sorry my 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 hearing went out for a second. Um, <laughs> I like I was Jake say, Paul. That's that's my bold prediction is 
Jake Paul is going to actually, by the end of the year, will fight an actual boxer. And now, I don't who? know if it'll be good. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be good. I I, I don't have his mind. I'm, I don't know if it'll be anybody good. Isn't, but... it, isn't Chavez Jr. like the rumored uh I wish. Opponent? I really hope. I, I pray I, that's the fight. I think Jake Paul will start fighting an actual boxer and get to the point where we start ta- like reconsidering, like, do we have to take him seriously? Um, the other one I was considering, Drew, this was it. I don't know if I said this out loud, but Terrence Crawford fights zero times. In <laughs> that was what it was, yeah. But uh... <laughs> His fights are all going to be in the courtroom. Yeah, it's looking right? at, uh, I don't yeah, know. That, that's, I don't speaking know. of Jake Paul, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, um, Serrano. Serrano. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God, Katie Taylor, man. Serrano Let me fight. tell you, man. I was at that press conference. It felt different. Like, press conferences are boring. Like, they're just, like, procedural. Like, you just go up there, like, say some canned thing, and it's not much of anything. But this one had, like, a buzz because it's a big women's fight. It's the big, biggest women's fight in the history of... of... Is it going to be pay-per-view? No, it's on DAZN. DAZN, yeah. Okay, DAZN, okay. I wish it was on ESPN so, like, you know, young girls could watch. And uh, this is the type of fight that can grow. This is the type of fight that can help grow the sport. Like, this is like a watershed moment for women. I'm a big supporter of women's boxing. Um, this is this is like their Super Bowl. This is the big one. I'm excited for it. And, yeah, like, you got Jake Paul. Isn't there another fight on the same night? Uh, you, said Shakur, it, you said it, You said it, Valdez, yeah. Yeah, you night. said it. Hopefully they're not at the same time. No, yeah, you yeah. know what this is, this is crazy is that... Jake Paul called Jay Prince, who manages Shakur Stevenson, who's one of the most influential managers in boxing, influential in the rap world. This guy's a legend, mm-hmm. Jay Prince. He has a lot of uh, influence. So Jake Paul called Jay Prince and told him, come on, let's work something out where we can both benefit. Let's, you know, uh, we'll fight Good. first. We'll fight at 10. You fight at 11. And Good. Jay Prince listened. So, like, yeah. You can say what you want about Jake Paul. You can, I, I, you know, I don't like some of his antics. You know, I, I don't think he's a legitimate boxer, but I think there's an avenue for him as a promoter. I think obviously, yeah, you know, and he can, I mean, he can move mountains if he really he, wants to. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you you hit it on the head because, like, look, I, there a lot of people have a lot of opinions, and I don't get the opinions. And Drew feels the same way. It's like, okay, if you want to watch a YouTuber fight, go ahead. Go yeah. why? Why exactly. get ain't why get angry about it? <laughs> don't yeah, get mad. Cares, don't watch so. it. Yeah, when, when he exactly. starts when he, when he starts fighting legitimate boxers, then we'll start to actually take note on on our podcast, and yeah. like then it'll be a thing. But how many promoters can actually get in the ring and have a a, a ten million dollar fight or whatever? Exactly. It is? Like, I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, he's, so he's selling out arenas. That's the crazy part is he could be a hell of a promoter and say like, you know what? And on top of it, I'm going to be on this card, and that'll bring in ten million bucks right there. Like Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I think his or 30 million or whatever it is. So when I was there, which this just shows you the scope of this guy. When I was there at the press conference, HBO Real Sports was there. And I was like, I did like a triple take when I saw the guy that we <laughs> I've been watching for years, you know, that one reporter that we've seen since we were kids. I used, I grew up watching HBO Real Sports and I went up to him. I said, "What are you doing here, man?" And he said, "I'm here for for Jake Paul." And I said, "Jeez." Wow. Um, but Jake Paul, I listened in to their little live interview, uh, not live, or their interview for, for Real Sports, and Jake Paul said it himself. He goes, I don't know how long I'll be around as a boxer. Maybe one more fight, maybe five more fights, who knows, because I will be around as a promoter uh, for for a long time because I know how to promote, and I think I can be good at this. And that was music to my ears. I think that, that should be music yeah. To, yeah. to all boxing fans' ears, w- with a caveat, like, you know, 
I think boxing fans have like a love hate relationship with promoters. You know, promoters have a lot of influence in the sport. You know, some people love Bob Arum, some people hate him, some people love Eddie Hearn, some people hate him. Same thing with Heyman. Go up and down the list, but you know, I, I think that Jake Paul has a fresh outlook and a fresh perspective on, on the sport. So mm-hmm. for now, Jake Paul, the promoter, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. You guys were chopping it up on the red carpet at that press conference, right? On your, uh... <laughs> well, I had him read some mean tweets. Yeah, so, the mean uh... tweets. That's right. <laughs> well, the thing is, is he was just doing these interviews nonstop. And I give him credit, man. The guy, he did not tell anybody no. He did one interview after the next. Everyone was basically there to interview him. Mm-hmm. And he was willing to do it. And then when he got to me, I said, I ain't interviewing you, man. I'm going to have you read mean tweets. It's going to take nice. three minutes. And he was, it was like a change of pace. Like he was into right. it. Yeah. It did well. Um, you know, it shows. I do these a lot. I've done a bunch. I haven't really done it in a while because I haven't been able to go to press conferences because they just either don't happen any much, as much in New York. But I was able to get him. And, and uh, you know, there, I could have went a little harder on him. Um, some people responded like they weren't that mean. But I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. He's uh, <laughs> He pulled Julia Rose. So anybody that wants to hate on him. It's all he's, did he really? Shit. Oh, it's his girlfriend. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's his actual girlfriend. No, Julia, I, oh, Julia Rose. I'm thinking of, that's the. It's not the Kanye girl. No, Julia Rose is the one who. Uh, oh yeah, flashed. Um, what's his face? Garrett. Oh, she Cole. was at the press conference, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did a, yeah, I took, yeah. I doing a triple take. I did a, nothing. Uh, nothing but more respect than a triple Jake. take. I did that for her. <laughs> yeah, roll tide. Nothing but respect for Jake Paul. Uh, Dude, the it, guy. I mean, if you don't like him, like more than just being like you're kind of like bordering on just being like a jealous guy. Yeah, <laughs> like you, like yeah. you're kind of bordering on being like a little insecure. Like, what? He's just is what he's just American. He's just, he's just like, making the, a living. He's yeah, just right. Doing what's what he's just doing? What's he, what's he do? He's, he's an American dream. He's like some freaking dirtbag from Ohio that yeah. just like made it, and now he's he went into a lane of boxing where he knows that he could, uh, you know, infiltrate it. And and who says uh, he's done at boxing? I mean, he could do anything he wants. He's yeah. just he has a following. He's a YouTuber. Just the Scott. He's the the world is his oyster. He could do whatever. And I don't I don't care for him either way. I don't care what he does or what he like. Good for him. I don't like. I'll, if if you know he's into I like boxing and he's into boxing now. So I'll see yeah. what he says on that. But like, do, do you guys remember when he? Um... Obviously, you remember this. It was this year. Like, in June, there wasn't really much going on in the boxing world. There wasn't any big fights on the schedule or happened yet. And we had Jake Paul and we had Logan Paul. They fought back-to-back months. Obviously, Logan Paul fought Mayweather. Mm -hmm. And boxing fans thought the sky was falling. Uh, You know, people thought... It was just bad because there yeah, wasn't any people, other fights. Oh, this, this, look how terrible this sport is. Right, it was bad because there sport. wasn't any like, other fights. There wasn't like a Stevenson Valdez right. or a Fury Wilder for us to talk about. It was all, all we could talk about was the Paul brothers. And I just remember saying, like, you know, this isn't – they're the only ones in, in the sport. There aren't any – like, look around. There aren't any other YouTubers. Like, they kind of faded. That whole thing faded. So there's only right. one guy in there doing it. And, you know, it just it's, – it's, it's, it is a sideshow. It's It's – one a it's equivalent to boxing it's not real boxing so if you kind of know what it is and know what you're getting into yeah there was a lot of hoopla and there was a lot of people asking me because people associate me with boxing everywhere i go people ask me about this guy that's the number yeah. one question i get from everyone <laughs> is jake what do you think paul. of jake paul <laughs> right like a dinner party i'm at that's a freaking a, I'm, at a bar, I'm at a uh any function i'm at a super bowl party oh you work in boxing Jake Paul boxes, right? I'm just like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't mind him. I really don't mind him. He's a genius. When he when he snatched Floyd's hat at that press conference, I'm like, I was like, this is genius. He Floyd's gonna beat, uh, he's gonna beat the brother, and and Jake Paul just went all heel, and now he's gonna get a hundred million dollar fight against Floyd because he's bigger than the brother. And and what he's doing with 
Dana White is also brilliant because we'll never really know how much he really cares about fighter pay or or whether he really truly cares about women's boxing. But he's doing a what he's doing, I think, is kind of distracting fans from what he's really in this for is to make money. Like he right. made forty five million dollars last year. That can piss a lot of people off, and you know his fights weren't that great. I mean, he had a few knockouts, but they were not good fights. It wasn't, you know, there was lacking, you know, the sweet right. science. But you know, he's like, oh yeah, I fight, and I'm and, I, and it's probably a grift, but I support women's boxing, and I hate Dana White. And boxing fans are like, yeah, going crazy. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. That's it. You know, he knows. It he, I always, I always say it when I, I, I we've been, play, been playing basketball since I was five, and just even to my work, I'm like, dude, NYP, know your personnel. He just, he knows. Yep. He just knows the surroundings and the environment. He plays it. It's all, hey. N- wait, NYP, know your person. K- oh, sorry. K. <laughs> they don't. They don't pay me to spell. Those beers podcast. are kicking in. K- <laughs> KYP, know your personnel. I think I've been saying. Oh wow, I think I've been saying NYP for like five years. All right, guys, we have some. We have another breaking news. Oh no. No, this isn't. This is just Oscar De La Hoya getting on Twitter. The best option for George Cambosos is to make the most money. Oh, the best option for George Cambosos to make the most money is Ryan Garcia. <sighs> Sigh. Ah, uh, just give just give Lemon the fight, and let's let's just get this done. Let's get right this done. exactly because we'll see who wins that, and then yeah, from and there, then th- this yeah. is something I've I, obviously I, I've been tweeting about this Loma Haney fight, and I never got more ridiculous responses to a tweet I've ever sent out. Oh, but I saw those today. Yeah, crazy man, people calling it a duck. Lomachenko's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a duck. Yeah. Lomachenko's yeah, a, a duck. I was like, yeah. guys, we've 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 jumped the <laughs> shark. He's, he's still on the pound for pound list. How's he? Guy is one of the best. It's Ever like yeah, he, he he. Tra- I, I we tweeted it out. It's like the guy the guy tried to unify the entire division. He loses the fight to Tio, regardless of what you think of the fight. And he doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, we didn't have a rematch clause, so put him at the bottom of the list. It's like that's it. Like it's like we we. T- I think we tweeted this to you, Dan. Like we're we're super pumped about Jose Ramirez versus Pedraza. Everybody just wrote Ramirez off because he lost yeah. he lost he lost to Josh Taylor, a unified world champ. Yeah, like. Do we want these big fights to happen or not? Because like, if this is like how we act, these guys won't yeah. fight each other. You can't reprogram. write somebody off. Yeah. yeah oh, it's crazy. Re- fans need to be re- reprogrammed uh, a, a little bit. But I, I think if Cambosos loses to Lomachenko, which very well could happen, I think Lomachenko is going to be the favorite. Um, we'll see what happens with the scorecards. We, can, we right, saw yeah. what happened with Horn Pacquiao. Yeah. But oh, the, thing with, the thing with Lomachenko, at this stage in his career, he just wants the biggest fights possible. So let's yep. say Lomachenko wins, and now he has all the belts again. He'll fight a Javante Davis. He will fight a yeah, Ryan Haney, Garcia. Haney, Garcia. He's, he's been trying to fight Tank for three and a half exactly. years. He's trying to fight him like, at 130. Top rank knows that they're at the end of the rope with him. You know, it's the end of his contract. You know, they want to make as much money as possible. Top rank has shown that they'll they'll make, you know, these cross-promotional fights. So it could be a good thing. But there also is a rematch clause, too, as far as I know, is that uh, even if Cambosos loses, the second fight is probably in Australia, in too. In Australia <laughs> yeah. again. Which, Which is, is like, a great and- deal for Cambosos. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's why okay, that's uh, yeah we call ourselves the homosexuals. We love that dude. It's like he like he just well, wants to be on. the four belt somebody champ. That's on, his... Somebody on Twitter called us that, and we just we took it as a badge and stuck it right over. You our retweeted chest. the hell out of that. Oh uh, hell yeah! yeah it's did. like dude, this like he's literally like I don't care what you pay me. I want those four belts. I will fight him twice in Australia. Well, it's very I, clear what happened, right? He he came, he swooped in. He saw Haney got the first rights to it. I, I know yeah. this for a fact. Yep. And. Yeah. Haney has a very high um, minimum. I mean, it's it's he has 
Eddie Hearn threw him a bag. So he has an expectation of what he's going to get for a fight. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's fine. But it's going to prevent you from getting fights. So that fell through. Uh, he asked for too much money. Uh, it's very obvious. So then door opened up. In comes Lomachenko. He says, you know what? I'll take less. George, you can make more. Fight happens. It's very simple. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Cambo- Cam- for everyone that's trashing Cambo- Cambosis literally told everybody how it was going to go. He's like, I'm the how emperor. Can- We're fighting in Australia. <laughs> We're fighting on my terms, and that's how it's going to go. And how like can everyone's like, oh. criticize the guy. His yeah, first it's it's, defense. It, it's it's insane. And Hearn, well, Hearn was on the box, his own boxing show today, and said he didn't give his numbers for the offer, but he's like, we basically told Cambosis he could keep all the Australia money. So I don't know what that means. Into like maybe Listen, it was going to be a fifty-fifty split of like the real money, and then he could get the Australian stuff. This but, fight, everyone knows these negotiations are very transparent. It's yeah. George Cambosis is looking for the most money possible. He yeah. was not supposed to beat Tiafimo. He has no contractual obligations to a network or a promoter. He is in the driver's seat as much as Canelo Alvarez is, is in the driver's yeah. seat. So this one's pretty cut and dry. It's and it might who, only be for this fight, so he's got to get it right for this fight. Yeah. So, well, you got a two-fight deal out of it. So, or, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. That's, that's, yeah. you know, they want leverage. They have leverage, so they can say, we want two fights out of this. So, yeah. He probably went to the zone and said we want two fights, and the zone made it very clear that they don't really. Obviously, they're have the pretty desire, have buyer's right. remorse with Haney. They're like, we're paying Haney four million a fight, and he's not bringing in any subscriptions. And you know, it's not fair to Haney. I mean, this dude, I like the guy, but he is yeah, just we do too. Yeah. in a bad spot. I mean, the WBC screwed him over with this franchise thing, and yeah, yeah. you know, they pretty much cut him out at the knees, and now. You know, Eddie Hearn threw a ton of money at him when they had to make a big splash, and that's preventing him from, from, from getting these fights. So on one hand, he's very wealthy. On the other hand, he's not getting the biggest fight of his career. It's very unfair, yeah. but this isn't a fair sport. Yeah, because, I mean, he could have, I mean, I think, I mean, he could have mandated the WBC to make him a mandatory, but then he would have had to take the split that they gave him, which... Just right, you have I mean, to make these. Dude, all you, you all you do is post, like you're posting Instagram pictures nonstop of you like throwing money in the air and you're diving. Like just just do the mandatory. Take the take the take the small split, and then you're gonna get you get your belts if you. I think he'd be the heavy favorite in that fight too. I think right against no, who? I don't know. I don't think George would be the favorite in any of the fight against the four guys. Um, no, he probably. I mean, Haney would. It would be close. It'd be it would be close. But I think Haney. Um, I don't know, man. Cambosis is is such a yeah, wild. Card. I, I don't. I don't want to disrespect Cambosis at all. I just it's think, a wild you know, card. We don't know. Yeah, if it's the name. Like the name would make him the betting favorite in Vegas. Is what I meant by that. If Cambosis um, fights like he did against Tifumo, he can beat anybody. Yeah, yeah. At one thirty-five, um, we never know. Like Lomachenko can get old overnight. He hasn't shown right? that. Yeah, I thought he true. looked. I thought Lomachenko was getting better, which is crazy. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, Scary. obviously, his last two fights we have been were... against guys that are not really defensively sound. Like yeah. Nakatani, he was made to order, just you know, beat the crap out of. Comey doesn't really have lateral movement, but you know, yeah. I think Lomachenko has made really good adjustments at this stage in his career. You know, throwing less punches, being you know, putting more emphasis on accuracy. So I think he's, he'll beat Cambosos. I do think that, but. Yeah, Comey, Comey was impressed. We were Jordan was telling the story about the copy box about when we were driving home with the jabs. Like we were watching, I think the first round or the second. One of the one, I think it was the first round, and uh, they were like, "Oh, it's a." We went with our other buddies. Like, "Oh, that's that's a Comey round." I'm like, "What?" I was like, "He's like, yeah." I was like, "Dude, I think he landed like one punch." He's like, <laughs> "He's like, oh, no way, no way." And we went he back and the drive though. home. We went to the. He literally landed one punch in the round. I'm like, "Yeah, he, dude." Like he, the uh, the highlight reel, the misses were were insane. So, I love I love. Comey's a good, great guy, obviously. Yeah, he's a good fight. That's why people that were beloved. trashing, yeah, they were like, ah, oh, that's a, you know, that's a walk, that's a walk in the park compared to Jojo Diaz. We're like, have you guys ever watched Richard Comey fight? I'm like, he's Comey's stuck. a good fighter, man. 
Yeah. So, but all right, we'll we'll write that down. We got we we went well over than what uh yeah. what we were playing. Say, yeah, this was say this Dan. Was, this you, was fun. You promised man. us twenty to thirty minutes, and here we are at seventy-four well, minutes. You, so. We got booze involved, so now I'm just like ready. <laughs> we got you flowing. That's why we did it. Uh, you guys are fun to talk to. Um, oh, great! I really enjoyed this. I get to just, just you know, give yeah. You so my, yeah, just for, for anyone feelings. for anyone that's new to our podcast, or anyone that's sorry, anyone from our podcast, I might have listened to yours, Dan. What's your what's your what, just what's your Twitter? Or what's the your podcast? Your your YouTube channel? Um, yeah, check me out on Twitter at Dan Canobio. Um, a lot of my stuff filters through there. Uh, you can go to the CompuBox TV YouTube page. Um, you can also listen to the show Inside Boxing Live on Spotify, iTunes, and you can watch it on Pluto TV's boxing channel and Fubo Sports streams it um, on their on their platform too. So there's a lot of ways to get it and working on some other things, trying to shift some things around, maybe get on an even bigger platform uh in a couple of months so got some things up my sleeve so I'm, perfect I'm, I, nice. I just love boxing perfect. I, mean, I love boxing i love the sport i love to talk about it i know you guys do too it's pretty much why we get along because you guys yeah. have a passion for the sport i do as well and uh we, we need more passion you know love yep. it love it yeah we'll get well, late late night late night boxing with dan back once we get the uh, the schedule <laughs> revved up here that's in right the next, i will next do more months. man I'm, I'm planning to do a lot more a lot more content uh if, if things go my way there's going to be a lot more post fights just everything's going to be bigger on and uh, uh, you know more frequent. Man of the people, man, of the, Dan. Can Try. You. Well, thanks for doing this, Dan. Uh, it was a ton of fun, um, and looking forward to our next spot, uh, the next episode of Inside Boxing Live. And uh, you know, once again, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Wow. Fun interview with Dan. Um, did not expect it to go that long. Thanks, everyone, for you know sticking with us. We are going to march on with the rest of our episode. Drew, that that was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, Dan, Dan, Like I said, Dan, man of the people. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. We got to really nerd out there on our boxing, uh, <laughs> our boxing stuff, man. That was that high, high, highlight of my uh, my 37th year of life here. Nice. Um, speaking of nerding out, uh, we're going to just wrap up real quick Beer One with, of course, NASCAR. It's back. Daytona 500 on Sunday. Can't wait. My most um, exciting part of this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be quick. Um, so, new teams this year. Uh, starting off with Harrison Burton. Jeb Burton's son. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Burton's son. The mayor. 21-year-old kid with Wood Brothers Racing. Can't wait to, to see what this kid has. Kurt Busch is with Michael Jordan's team, Bubba Wallace's team. Uh, huge signing for them. Can't wait to see how many wins he could string together. Keselowski is now a part owner with Roush Fenway. Now it's RFK, Roush Fenway, Keselowski in the number six. My guy, still in a Ford. Can't wait to see what he does. Kaz Gralla with Floyd Mayweather, the money team. They have an entry in the Daytona 500. Kaz Gralla, can you believe it? We just got done talking about all that boxing, and here we are with a NASCAR crossover. Ross Chastain, the number one with Trackhouse Racing. That's Pitbull's team. Uh, Ross Chastain, very competitive last year. Now he's with Trackhouse. Let's see what he can do. Greg Biffle, I don't know how many races he's going to end up doing, but the old man's back. I think it's the number 44. It's a Chevy. Um, I, I just want to see what he does in the Daytona. He's always competitive in Daytona. And Austin Sidrick took over the two, Kozlowski's old ride for Penske. He was the darling uh, at the Xfinity, and uh, you know I want to see what he does here in, in the number two. Some other storylines. 
Uh, we had all the, all this uh, negativity between Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott. Is that going to carry over to this year? I sure hope it does. Let's get this old man Harvick out of there. Uh, Bubba Wallace has a new series on Netflix. I don't know. Let's see what that's all about. Uh, am I going to watch it? We'll find out. I don't know. Maybe Drew should watch it as an outsider. How do I know Chase Elliott? Did we go to college with Chase Elliott? Uh, n- we did not. Uh, he's in the Hooters car. And he maybe, won that's, the, maybe that's why I know Chase He Elliott. won the championship two years ago. That's probably why I know Chase Elliott. Um, is Hendricks going to dominate between Elliott, Kyle Larson, uh, William Byron, and um, number 20? Um, oh, what's his name? I'm trying to go fast. Anyway, but the next gen eight, the next gen car eight is uh, Christopher Bell, uh, number 20. Uh, the next gen car eight. Wait, Christopher Bell's not in on that team. Damn it! I'm not. I'm saying the wrong things. I'm trying to go Aren't fast. Are you supposed to be the expert on this thing? The next gen car eight. Jesus. The cars have all been the same since the '70s. Just souped up versions of themselves. They finally modernized the car. Like the suspension is in the in the rear is going to be like each wheel is going to have its own suspension. It's just weird stuff like that. Uh, the, a lot of the cars are gonna they're gonna be more modern. So I'm interested to see who can actually drive them and what that actually means. Um, okay, so now getting into what I'm going to do this year. Uh, last year, I did four picks per race. I'm going to keep that format, um, but I'm going to actually track it this year. Last year, I was just tracking my wins. I'm going to see how much I can be up over the course of the year, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put $1 on each of my bets every week to see what I actually net out. Um if I end up going uh, upping my units or or going partial units, I'll let you know. We're gonna track my progress this year, um, and Drew's gonna make the spreadsheet for that. Got it. Spreadsheets. Uh, so what are we gonna see at Daytona this week? Uh, really, I just don't know because of the car. Are we get are we gonna see a bunch of single file like racing. I like to I derisively call it the parade. Are we gonna see the parade? Is it gonna be two lanes, three lanes? Is there gonna be a lot of passing? Nobody really knows right now because of the car, um, but uh, the the biggest wild card is, are we going to go back to tandem racing, that, like a two-car thing instead of a big single-file line? I know nobody liked that style of racing. I always did. I thought it was interesting. Is especially, that, go ahead. Is, is tandem racing like shake and bake? Pretty much, um, except for... Same concept? There's no slingshot. You just kind of like... The slingshot's not really a thing. Like the the aerodynamics are such that the first car cuts through the wind so that there's no drag on the car behind and the car behind actually physically pushes the car in front of it until the it, it overheats and then they have to break their 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 connection so that the car behind can get fresh air into the engine and it could physically cool down. Um so but when there was a bunch of tandem racing Keselowski and Biffle were like always found each other at Daytona on the big track and Talladega, the big tracks. But now T- Biffle's going to be in a Chevy and Keselowski's in a Ford. I would crack up if they found a way to tandem race this. Um, Talladega, Charles, Charles, up. Charles Woodson of Michigan and of Oakland Raiders and of Green Bay Packers. He's the grand marshal this year. He's the one going to be dropping the uh, gentlemen start your engines. So, uh, looking forward to that. Now for my picks. Again, I, I, I kind of went with a blend of guys who I thought would do well versus guys who I seem to be able to drive anything. 
Uh, so we're going to go Larson, 11 to 1. Blaney seems to always be there at the end at these at the super tracks. Blaney, 12 to 1. William Byron, uh, very competitive last year. Again, he's at Hendrick's car, 15 to 1. And Reddick, 25 to 1. Uh, I'm, again, I'm going to put a dollar on each. I'm going to track it in a spreadsheet, and I'll update everyone on how it nets out during the year. And that's how we're kicking off the NASCAR season. Uh, Let's go! Yes, sir. I am the fastest minute in podcasting. Yep, exactly. the The gopher, or oh, the gopher. Oh gosh, help me out. The pit stop. It's back. I thought you were, oh man, I just, I gave you a soft. Alex bro. Bowman, the 48. Good Lord. How could I forget Alex Bowman? I threw, uh, I, th- Hendrick I threw, Motorsports. bro, I threw you the prom night softball. What was it? Fa- I blacked out. Fast, <laughs> fastest minute in podcasting. Oh God. I, come on, man. That's, I'm that's, sorry. that's, that's embarrassing. Go if we love you. We're Actually, still, like, we're, we're go still, prom we're, date. We love you. We're still, we're still on the Kenobio high here. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <sighs> okay, sorry about that. Um, all right, Drew, let's assume positions for beer two. I told you I'd keep it under 10 minutes. That was impressive. That was Can't impressive. wait, baby. Can't wait. Like go on prom night. Oh, we got Ooh, it. We got her is. in there. There it is. We got her in there. All right. Oh, God. You, got, you should pay me for carrying this thing. Three, two, one. <sighs> Nectar of the Gods. Let's go. February is Nectar of the Gods month. What do you got? I actually switched up. I went 1,800 tequila and uh, some diet ginger ale here. This is smooth. This is smooth. Nice. Uh, look at you. All right, so moving right along. Um, bef- it's going to be very Walking Dead-centric. I just We're back. Say, I just wanted to say, though, I tried watching the Kevin James, Sean Payton movie. Couldn't watch it. It was stupid. We tried watching the All of Us Are Dead, that zombie. Uh, I don't even know what country it was out of. It was, Asian, some, it was an Asian country. It was stupid. We turned it off. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was like, is this, is this what dubbed? Is this dubbed over? Is this what this means? Yeah, that was your first time you ever watched I've never watched dubbed a dubbed over. I didn't watch Squid Games, which Squid Games is dubbed over, right? I, th- I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I. I was like, well, this is kind of weird. What? What? What's happening? Is this just Why so- are their mouths moving and, and it doesn't match? <laughs> I didn't know. It, it was terrible. It was so god awful. It was terrible. I think. I think I got maybe ten minutes farther than you did, and I was like, all right, I'm out. Let's let's see what John Cena's doing on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> that being said, Walking Dead is back. Eleven B. Um. They're the gonna next ha- eight. Yeah, the next eight, before we get to the final eight, 11C. Um, so, that being said, we're not necessarily going to talk about the season, which they left us with the whole Daryl's girlfriend, Leah, like, shooting the cannon and all that crap. Yeah. Less than thrilled with 11A wrap-up. Yeah, le- less than thrilled. So, rather than dwell on the negative, we, f- we found this uh, on Twitter at Undead Walking um, was, was the account where we, we found this. And it was 20 questions. Twenty. It was a 20-day challenge. We're not – obviously, we're going to do this all at once. But um, 20 questions leading into Season 11B. I'll, st- I'll ask the questions, Drew. Drew just binged all of this again uh. in, like, the past, like, two weeks. <laughs> I, I don't know how so you did I, it. So I – 
as everyone knows that listens, I just, you know, while I work, I, I can't listen to music while I work, and I listen to podcasts while I walk the dog. So I, I put on old TV shows on my iPad while I work because I, I just need something in the background, and I can't watch new ones because I don't have to pay attention. So I was just like, man, Walking Dead's coming back. Let me, I'm just going to watch the, rewatch the first three seasons. You know, so long. They were so good. And that's it. It's just like my Lost. I was only going to watch the rewatch the first three seasons of Lost. Uh, I got all the way to seven, se- or the halfway point. I just finished uh, the 7A finale before we started the podcast tonight. You got no guts. <laughs> uh, my God, the show is so good. It's oh, it was so good. All right. That being said, let's let's get into our question and answers here. I'm gonna pull you here. I got a couple of tiesies. I'm gonna oh, I'm good. gonna pull. I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna pull Jordan. Good, good. All right. Fa- number one, which was a doozy right off the right out of the gate. Favorite episode ever. Uh, right off the bat, I'm pulling a you. Uh, I comboed the season six finale, last day on Earth, and the season seven premiere, which is. The the sixth finale, we finally meet Negan. The saviors are cutting off every every uh, road to get to the hilltop for Alexandria with Maggie, you know, uh, having issues with her pregnancy. Ends with just the epic scene of them in the woods and the lineup and the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. The cliffhanger was awful, what they did, but the season seven premiere where it starts after, you know, somebody, you know, somebody got their brains bashed in and just does the flashbacks and goes through it. Everything was so well done in those two episodes. Like I even, I know, I knew what happened and I was just, I was so uncomfortable even rewatching it the way they filmed it. It was just so good. Kudos to those guys for, again, outside of the stupid cliffhanger, like those episodes were phenomenal. And Andy Lincoln, the snot bubble, I'll never forget it. When he's about when, when Negan's about to make him cut off Carl's hand, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I had seven point one as well. My honorable mentions were the the Sophia coming out of the barn episode. Very good. Uh, seizing the prison, uh, which was episode three of season three. I just still to this day just absolutely love that. Yes. Um, nobody clocks out today. Episode. Uh, when they reclaim Alexandria, yeah, great, great scene, probably and, the best scene, maybe the maybe the best three minute sequence in Walking Dead history. And um, I'll call it herding the herd. Uh, again, they're at Alexandria, and it's in black and white, and they kind of like are trying to lead that herd. That, the that six premiere. That was season six premiere. Yeah. Oh, so good. You love you love the herds. I'm a big fan of the herds. Love them. All right. Herd, 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 herd. Question the word. two: Saddest death. Uh, it's, it's Sophia. Okay. For me, um, I yeah, but just gut wrenching, gut wrenching. She walks yeah. out of the bar. You see the, you just see the sneakers, her legs dragging. You you just and you just see Carol's heartbreak. It's just uh. I had um, not not that I cared about this character Lori, but to this day, probably the scene that just rips me the most is when Rick goes to Carl. No, 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 and just like just weeping. Um, okay. Honorable mention to look at the flowers. She was a psycho. She needed to go. I know. It was still crazy, though. Um, question three, worst episode. This is where I'm going to lean on you um, <sighs> because you just rewatched them all. But, so many. <laughs> um, I, I, for me, I, I wrote down it has to be something in that back half of season four with the governor. 
or where basically where they are now with Leah and this stupid whatever they are. Um, a lot, a lot of candidates in season season eight onward. I still go with the the, the Glenn dumpster episode. I it, almost put that. I thought you would. It go was there. just it was just like the first time they just like they tried. It wasn't to, that bad of an. My thought was it wasn't that bad of an episode. It was just a terrible concept yeah it was like and then they even they even went to a point where gimple and um i always forget the actor's name um steven Steven yen i think it's yeah uh like they had an interview they had an interview to talk about it like an episode after like it was just dumb like they they just want to rate they just wanted to bump up the ratings with oh did glenn die it just it made no sense like the way it happened it's like no way he wouldn't have gotten ripped to shreds and i just I just thought the whole thing was stupid, and that I that got my my worst episode. The whole, the whole, just the whole thing. That whole, that whole plot line was just absurd. Number four, best scene. You can do it right in front of me. You can take my hands. I already told you. You're all already dead. <laughs> I love that scene. You are infatuated with that scene. It's just. I was so I was so off the Rick Grimes bandwagon for so long. Yeah, you were to the point where I was, and I mean, it's easy to root for Negan, but like, I was like, uh, they bro- they just broke into Negan's place and killed like thirty people. Like, we're supposed to like feel like we're we're supposed to act like our guys were good guys in that moment, and I was just so off. And then that scene was just like Andy Andy Lincoln just won me over. As bad as they they did the Savior War. His acting during it was so good. And that scene, like, oh, my, just the look he gives Negan and the way he delivers it. I already told you, you're already dead. Maybe not today. Maybe. It, oh, so good. That's, for me, that's, that's, that's the best scene for me. Mine, I had um, Sophia uh, coming out of the barn. I, I, I argued at the time that it changed television because – when they just had a child as a zombie with the mother there and her gut is ripped out and all those characters who said Rick you're just a, you're just an idiot you can't be the leader this and that they and they they all stood up and like we're going to gun down all these walkers we're tough guys and then Sophia walks out and what do they all do they all just sulk and shrink and yeah. the leader had to step up with his six shooter and put down the little girl. And that just like, that was a defining moment on television. I, I, I say that. Or the lineup in 7.1. Like that was just, oh my God. That so also good. was was a, a cinematic yeah. just I, craziness moment. I, I An honorable mention for me, just because it just was so badass, was when episode, the five premiere with Terminus, when Gareth is... Uh, asking rick where the what like what weapons were in the bag what did he have and then yeah. he just like he just so confidently as they're as they're zip tied and about to die just like goes route like just rattles them off and goes and a, a machete with a red handle that's what i'm gonna use to kill you like it was just so cool that was so good that was an yeah. honorable mention for me favorite ship question five i have no idea what this even means do you know what this means yeah, like you like a relationship, like you like smush two characters. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Like now we can't even say relationship. We're saying you, ship. You, you've never known this, and like oh my like god, this is like culture. sus. 
So like suspects. It's, it's, it's exactly like sus. I have never heard. I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, is this just like supposed to talk about the boat that Michonne found the iPod, the iPod on? <laughs> this is insane. I, I hate, I hate, I hate 2022. I, Daryl, uh, I said, uh, well, see, it's Daryl. Daryl and Carol's the answer. But. What, what I didn't know is if they meant like literal, like people who actually got together, or like the ones that the fans wanted to see but didn't actually happen. Daryl and Carol's the best. I, mean, yeah, I don't exactly. It, that's that, just it. Just is. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That's Number absurd. I, I hate. I, I, yeah, I hate relationship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I literally was like, "There's one. There's only like two boats in this entire series." Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, um, uh, number NYP. Six. <laughs> number six favorite weapon. Lucille. There's no other answer. There's no other answer. Lucille. I could the crossbow's close. Look but, at but my dirty girl. She is a vampire, vampire bat. bat. Nah, that's it. That's the only answer. Uh, number seven, best human kill. <sighs> also, one answer here. But... I, 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 I pulled a Jordan on this one. Uh, the claimers, uh, Rick biting that guy's throat off. That's out. a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and the um, the prison kill when they're they're trying to clear the cell block with the inmates. And the one inmate tries to throw a zombie on Rick to kill him. And then he goes, hey, sorry, man. You know, my bad. And Rick goes, yeah. And then just, boom, right in the head. With, Rick with machetes that, with, him right in the Yeah, machetes him right in the head. That oh. was my honorable mention. But I, maybe you took this differently than I did. But I put Noah in the revolving door. That was a good one. That, that, was, was, good that one. was my number one always. Um, as, as that was a good one. one. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought I was thinking more like a murder, not 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 anybody. I dying. was thinking human on human. Yeah, that's how gotcha. I went with that one. But yeah, good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, number eight, best Walker kill. You go first because I still there were honestly. There's actually better ones in fear as far as fear for the Walking a, Dead. For yeah. as goofy as fear the Walking Dead is, it had the best gags. Um, that being <laughs> said, for this one. I went with the meat grinder in the trash yard from the from the uh, from the heaper or reaper or whatever we called them. How That's they all good. just kept just falling into that grinder as as uh, Pollyanna McIntosh just laid there and just as all of her buddies turned into zombies and just got grinded to bits. That's awesome. Um, I I was struggling with this one because there are a lot of good ones. I mine's stupid. It was uh, the dumpster kids, uh, Jadis when. Uh, Rick's in his underwear and has to kill that like Walker with like the oh, good uh, one. with like the Mad the F- Mad Max Fury Road outfit on. Um, yeah, that's just it's just hilarious that for whatever reason Andy Lincoln's in his boxer shorts and fighting a Walker. <laughs> the, yeah, the other so. ones I thought of was um the uh, the uh, the well the well water the well. I thought uh, about Walker. that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, that but that they were just trying to get it out and it fell apart, right? Yeah, and yeah. then the other one was remember uh, I think it was in the bottom of the church maybe where it was just like a bunch of water and Gabriel fell down there and th- that thing was like all I don't know I don't remember I don't, remember, I don't even uh, I don't it was like flooded anyway um, favorite male character uh, let's just put a caveat we neither one of us can say Negan because that's just too easy that's fair so uh, mine's easy it's my favorite character. Since day one, watching it, even though he went away for three seasons, uh, Morgan Jones, hands down. Oh, you see, that's a good one because I got a clear, clear. I didn't even. I, I kept thinking of him as the other show, but that's that's totally fair. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I've told you this a bunch, and I just I'm a sucker for like the leader, so I got to go with Rick. I yeah. I always like Rick. Daryl's a close second. 
And we yeah. both agree that we can't say Negan. You can't, yeah, because that's obvious. Well, I remember when you got me, you and our, my buddy Kale got me to watch The Walking Dead finally. I remember watching the first one and just loving Morgan. And, like, it's episode after episode after episode. I'm like, uh, is, are we ever going to see Morgan again? Like, what is going on here? Until finally I caught up and was watching live, and we finally saw him in the back half of season three. It was, yeah, love Morgan Jones. Yep. Um, okay, favorite female character? <laughs> you can is go this, first. I mean, do we do we even need to the say sil- it? The silver-haired fox. Do Oof. we even need to say it? Should we just move on? Carol, baby. Yeah, do, we, do we even need to say it? Uh, I mean, uh, look. I, Melissa. So once we go past Carol, because, I mean, duh, uh, I'd go to Maggie and then Michonne, myself. Um, what do you say after after Carol? Do you have? I I've, I've never been a Maggie fan. I would definitely I, I would pray women 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 on the show. I'd probably go Michonne next. I can't think of anybody else that would come close in that department. Okay. I mean Alpha. I no, knew you I'm were. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But hey, Melissa McBride, if you're listening. You deserve an Oscar, an Emmy, and if you're interested, you'd be worth the alimony. Uh, At Swaggy D33. I believe that was our first proposal on the podcast. Um, fa- <sighs> number 11, favorite fan artist. I think we could both skip this one, right? Like, we're not big into fan art. No. Do- Dr. Double Tap. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's not fan art, but Doctor Double Tap. Yeah, it's not fan art. He just sends out the just the quotes that remind me of how great the show was. Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, it's not really fan art, but we'll go Doctor Double Tap. Great, great call. Uh, Number twelve, least favorite male character. There's only one answer. There's one answer. I am tired of people yelling at me and trying to make excuses. It's Noah. 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 That guy sucks. Uh, look, look, that's an easy answer. Um, I threw It's in a not couple- an easy answer because people love this kid. I don't get it. He sucks. Uh, uh, no, it is an easy answer, and other people are wrong. It's it's that simple. Uh, um, I threw in a couple others just because I knew that would be easy. Uh, nah, I mean, I don't like Gabriel, but I, I, I don't. he's not the worst. Uh, Sadiq was was super annoying. Yeah. Um, and then, what was, who was Deanna's son? What was his name? Oh my god! I just watched him get his guts ripped out. Um, Jesus, he was it, a little he he was a little yeah, beat. It wasn't Ethan. Um, Come on, you you got this. That's embarrassing because I just watched it and he just had his little heart to heart with Rosita. And didn't you? Yeah, I was gonna say didn't didn't you? Uh, Spencer. Spencer, yes. Yeah. Didn't you like yell at me? Oh, I just watched it. I I would know this. It's some on something else. I, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I forget which one that was. That th- oh, uh, it was a uh, oh yeah, that the, the close-up shot of of Glenn uh, with his brains bashed in and his hand shaking with the eyeball sitting yeah. there. Least favorite female character. <sighs> this was hard. I went Rosita just because they've basically completely killed her character the last three seasons. Yeah. I don't know that that's really my least favorite female character, but she's just seemed so pointless and annoying the last three seasons that that's what I went with. I wouldn't say annoying. They, they have written her off to be pointless. Yeah. It's just, like, I know she was doing Selena. So like she wasn't available, I guess, but I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I like most no, of the female characters. Uh, Lori was easy Lori, to me. Lori was the I mean, easy Lori sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Lori, yeah, yeah. I should have went Lori. Yeah, she sucked. Lori was mine. My my secondary was Leah, like the girl who's there now. Like, like you had this thing with Daryl, and you, like so then you went you go from Daryl to falling in with these militant douchebags. Like, 
come on. That that that's that like I'm I'm not feeling that. That's stupid. I was never a big fan of Andrea either. Really? Never a big fan. I I I, I thought she, I liked her. I thought she just got too big for her britches. Yeah. Okay, yeah. moving along here. Uh most surprising scene number 14. <sighs> God rest your soul. T-Dog getting bit and going Ooh, down for the count. Good one. Yeah, because like that was like they just got to the prison. I was like, oh man, like that's when that's when the show is great when like any like literally anybody could die you, at any you time. You could get got in any episode. And uh, when he went down, I was like, oh shit, they just killed T Dog. <laughs> and then my... and then just the way he, then when he actually died in like the little caverns of the prison to save Carol, I was like, oh my god, he's getting ripped to shreds. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah. I went with Shane killing Otis. Oh, I almost that was my honorable mention. Because that set the tone like, oh shit. Like the, people, the, that people whole... are gonna kill each other just to survive. This is I nuts. liked I liked this the I liked the beginning and end of the episode better than that actual scene where like it's him shave he's yes. basically he's just shaving he had just shaved his head now and he's like new Shane and Psycho Shane. Oh nice. Yeah. Wrong point. That was my honorable mention. Good call. Good, yeah, nice. Good call. Um okay, laughable scene. I I pulled a Jordan here. Um, uh, Rick Michonne Jadis when Jadis goes, uh, we mate. What is she? You, you always do it the best. What is she? Uh, afterwards, I lay with you, and he just kind of he just kind of shakes his head no, and he's like, no, no. and Andy Lincoln's got the most like awkward look on his face, like, uh, uh, oh god, uh, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of your episode, your, your episode where they take over the prison, um, when they have this scene with Daryl and Carol, yes, and uh, he gives her the shoulder rub because the the gun like hurt her, and uh, he goes, "We should probably go." And she's like, eh, "Pretty romantic. Want to screw around?" Daryl like laughs, and they start giggling. And he goes, "All right, I'm gonna go down first. She goes, "Even better." <laughs> yeah, I bro, on the first watch, I never even noticed the uh, the the going down Double first line. No, it I, was I so good. I, I I I always go back and I'll watch that and giggle at that scene. Good stuff. Um, see, I wasn't sure if this meant literally funny or like laughable, like how stupid it is. So, um, I'm with you 100. percent If we're going actual comedy, that's how I took it. If we're what do you, what, laughable, go your other way, pick. If, if we're going the other way, pick. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Any any almost Glenn death would probably make the list. No, no. Oh, what else you got? Eastman. Oh God, that's right, Eastman. <laughs> like how? What two ninjas versus one slow moving zombie? <laughs> All right, and they see him coming. All right, you go ahead. You got him. You got him now. Oh oh oh! Now I'm bit. Oh god. The other one I had tonight because I just rewatched it. I I still think it's so unbelievable that like Negan picked up that like self made bullet. Like one that he'd even pick up the casing. Like who cares? And he's like, oh man, this is homemade. Look at the crimps on this thing. Like what? <laughs> like how do you know what a homemade bullet is, Negan? He's a gym like, teacher. He would know. I was like, this is absurd. Oh my god, that was right. that was laughable. Number sixteen, creepiest Walker. I struggled with this one. I did too. I it probably would be um it it would probably be the the ones that the dumpster kids were like basically making again. Um it's not creepiest, but the the beginning of season 11 where there's the idol walkers. Those were pretty freaky like they're just sleeping. Like they're not like gruesome or anything, but just the fact that like are they dead? Are they sleeping? Like what's going what, on? Like Yeah, what season was or That was the start of that was what? the start of 11. 
what was the scene? They were in the. They were going to this old military base where there were a bunch of provisions, and they were coming down from the the, the roof, and they were dropping down in there, and they all had to be quiet because all the walkers were sleeping. Yeah, that uh, that was strange. I, I'll, I'll throw that out just because I think sleeping. Fear had ridiculous. Fear of the Walking Dead is a better category for this one. Cor- correct. Dead, um, so. I, creepiest Walker. I went all the way back to season two, the RV Walker. Where he's kind of like sniffing around, and then she, yeah, huh, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, that's a that that's I'll a good one. That one. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good one. Number seventeen, toughest character. Um, there's one real answer. I went female and male. Well, you go okay. first. What'd you do? I went Carol. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. think it was really that that big of a question. I, I did. I did Carol and Abraham. A- Abraham was one mean son of a bitch. He was. My honorable mention though was actually Merle. Oh, okay. All I mean, right. The guy Merle. cut his own freaking hand off on the roof just to survive. So. She laying nice and comfy with the governor. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. No, that's a good one, Meryl. Uh, I, I, I have a pre on the real. I, I think Abraham is probably the character on the rewatch that I've I've grown to appreciate more. I feel good. like that was more good. your guy. Yeah, it's like because I was all over. And I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, cool. And uh, I, on the rewatch, I think just like. Re- just remembering his little little like one liners. The one liners were yeah, and yeah. just everything. I was like, oh, okay. I I dig I dig Abraham more than I should or more than I did originally. Yeah. Um, number eighteen, most changed character. Okay, again, it's pretty, Carol. Yeah, it's not even close. Not even close. Not even close. So. Again, the best character arc possibly ever in anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, if Mag, if they end up writing Maggie getting it on with Negan here in the last twenty four episodes, that'll be pretty wild. But uh, yeah, no, well, it's not. There's there's sixteen left, right? Uh, uh yeah, good call. Oh yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Um, number nineteen, scene that made you cry. Uh, nothing made me cry, but yeah, nothing made me cry either. I, I gotta say, like the to me the. Probably the most gut wrenching outside of Sophia was you already said it. No, no, no. Like those, Rick, those were, those were my two. Yeah, Sophia Andy, and then Rick. Yeah, yeah Andy right. just in the pr- and again. I, 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 I don't even blink an no, eye when Carl has to shoot no, his mom in the head. No. Yeah. yeah, like just Andy's acting in that scene, and he's just like inconsolable. As, just as a dad, you just feel helpless that your son had to put down your wife. And cut the baby out, and you're just like, no, no. It's just, it's just absolute helplessness. Yeah. Um, and number twenty, the last question, number one reason you love The Walking Dead. <sighs> Originally, it was just so awesome, and I, and I again, you're more of the zombie guy than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was awesome when at first watch when like anybody was fair game to die. It's like, you're just so invested in the characters. Cause it's like, I, I may not get, you know, another episode with Carol. I may not, you know, maybe I'll get two episodes with Rick, like just not knowing what's going to happen. I just thought they did such a great job early on of just always keeping you on your toes. And they didn't do, they didn't, you know, it took them so long before they started doing these stupid cliffhangers to where it's just like, Man, like, like anybody can really die, and just like how you know how would the world work, you know, if this kind of happened. Um, but right. that was me, and that's why it kind of died down. Like I think season seven, the second half of seven, of seven, when it seemed like they were just putting like too much filler in the show just to stretch out the seasons. 
that's where it took the downturn. I'm just like, all right, well, I'm blocking it, so I'm going to watch. But, like, eh, if I don't watch live, I'm not going to miss anything because they they're afraid to kill off the third. Ayo, Alden, who's the 13th lead in the season now. Like, we can't we, we can't kill him off. Let's let's keep him alive and wait till next season kind of thing. Yeah, that'll trigger our audience. Ah, Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah, no, same-ish. Uh, like, th- that part was, was – amazing that anybody could get got at any time that was through like three seasons basically and and uh, just to elaborate i've i'm a zombie genre fan and it just took the zombie genre to the next level nobody had ever spent that much money and had that kind of like special effects and prosthetics and everything and actually played out okay over multiple hours multiple 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 hours what would living in the zombie apocalypse look like and the zombie apocalypse is my favorite apocalypse. If it's if it's a post-apocalyptic story and it's not zombies, like I'm already like I go from like a ten to like a six, like right off the bat. Um, but it took the zombie apocalypse and played out what would happen. Yeah, I might not agree with it all. I don't know if all those bad guys would actually exist in like but... the same six mile radius of each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh... But it at least went there to play out like, all right, here is years into, and here here's where here's like where it starts, and here is years into a, a zombie apocalypse, and it it played it out and dealing with resources issues and everything else, which I just loved. I thought it was. I'm great. not growing a garden. <laughs> so many good ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it starts so eleven B. It's already it's it already came out on uh, AMC Plus. I might get that just so I can rewatch Mad Men. Uh, anyway, but it came out a week early. I haven't I've avoided the spoilers. Um, you know, shout out to the fans that haven't been ruining that stuff on Twitter. But uh, Sunday nine o'clock, uh, we'll get to see uh, see the pickup. Hoping hoping that this really starts to bring uh, the conclusion of the series together more than Eleven A did. So. Yeah, I was gonna say if it if it goes like eleven A, I don't think we'll talk about it every week. I think we'll just save it till the end. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm 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 hoping it doesn't go that way, and they just resolve all the silliness in the premiere episode, and then we we just start if getting they, to where. As if they start actually killing people off again, we'll start talking about it on, on yeah. a weekly basis. But hey, otherwise, we'll probably just wait till the end. Maybe they'll kill Alden. I mean, he's the he's the eighteenth lead. I don't know. It's, <laughs> you know. Bold strategy. People might stop watching if he dies. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> oh, right. what a week, man. Uh, hey, thanks again to Dan Canobio uh, for coming on. Um, you know, guys, guys, you know, the boxing, uh, boxing equivalent of the um, the man of the people here, you know, tweeting out the news, having his own hey, podcast. The, the only the people show. I'll put in his category is the Porterway podcast. So it's like the, those yeah. guys and Dan Canobio and us. We're, we're, we're for the people. We're the pot of the everyman. They they fit right in with, with our kind of sentiment. Yeah. So those, you know, shout, shout out to Dan for coming on and, and being being part of it. Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, and then uh, next week, Catterall Taylor. We'll have some, some preview. We'll get back to some stuff. We'll get some uh, the new NBA news. We'll have some of these new teams getting to play. Big things to come. Big things to come. My man. On that note, Drew, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. 
You got an open count, toss it out Everybody's cordial right now Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud